Well, this happens from time to time. Uh, you are going to hear me say on this show that Adam Zampa is on the show. Pezza, is Adam Zampa on the show? Adam Zampa is not on the show, so when he goes says that Adam Zampa is on the show, please know that he's not. I'm literally looking at a text message from him here saying that uh, he can't make it. Uh, he has family commitments and babysitting duties, and family does come first. In fact, I have to leave in a second to go and pick up my children, so uh, who am I to complain? <laughs> <laughs> um, so apologies about that. We'll try and get him on another time. Anyway, it's a massive show. Plenty to talk about, so let's get into it. Boys, yeah, oh, the boys are here. They're nervous. They're calm. <laughs> Boysies, get rarer. Why is this happening to me? Me. We're not getting Maccas, and you can blame my son. <laughs> get a few today, did you? It's great to contractually be obliged to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Is anyone going to listen to this or what? No, I actually, don't know what what happens in third grade. <laughs> you either get nude, get in the shower. Or we're throwing all your cook gear in, bro. No chance I'm going to bowl you. 19th century Pax Britannica. Where else can you get Adam Zampa on a show? Where else can you get Tess Flintoff, Kim Garth in studio on the show? Where else can you get ESPN Crick Info's Matt Rella on a show? Now, individually, sure, but all together, what? That's the great cricketer this week. There's obviously a World Cup going on. Everyone is beating everyone. It's way too hot over there. There's stuff happening in the stands. People aren't allowed to wear hats into the stands. You can't bring water into the stands. But the action, oh, the action on the field, Pezza, it is red hot. Elisa Healy's got a hand bitten off by Stat Dog. Grace Harris is hitting sixes with a broken bat. That's before we get into hashtag AskTGC where someone is once again having an existential crisis. So much happening on the show this week, Pezza. But of course, where else better to start than our close friends at Endeavour Hills? Ha! Well, you've got to start at the grade level. I want to, I want to at add to what you said. grade level. It's a lot. There's, look, a bit indulgent, but there's a fucking lot happening on the show. There's on, something happening TGC on this show. In the last seven days. Because I, I want to add to what you just said there add, as well. Add. We got nailed a week ago for suggesting the Afghan win over England was an upset. Yes. Perhaps correctly, in light of uh, overnight events. <clears throat> Not really. If only we knew. Stat dog dropped. Yes. Some people might know what that is. We, we, on, on our YouTube shows that we're doing reviews, mm-hmm. it's a very, very indulgent introduction. Aggressive. To, and aggressive. Yes. For people listening in the morning. Our stat dog's also the name of Elisa Healy's dog. <laughs> we landed... Two World Cup captains, skipper and vice skipper of the Netherlands, less than 24 hours after they knocked off South Africa. Oh, my who God. Who are touted yes. to meet India in the final. Yes. Um, the boys told us that they, they literally cited TGC <laughs> midi- like, like innings break yes. before rolling South Africa. Yes. Matthew Wade is still with us. They're nervous. We're calm. South Africa's knocked England out of one World Cup, maybe two. Um, on the same show where we were talking about uh, that in Hyde Park, Sydney, yeah, a woman walked up and warned us about devil worship. <laughs> if you're watching that stuff as well. That's right. Watto joined last week's show. Yeah. And that was less than 24 hours before his button started playing tug of war. <laughs> yeah. And on the same show, some other stuff around Godwin's Law happened. <laughs> That's so right. it's been a big week. Yeah. But the, they get value. 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 There's value on this show. More people on the show this week. Come on. There is value on this show. Okay, but let's let's talk about Endeavour Hills. Yes, Endeavour Hills. Now, this is via the ABC 
Navishta da Silva has pleaded guilty to fraud after stealing 250 large from his workplace and using the money to lure international cricket players to Australia to represent his local club. You may recall this story from a couple of years ago. Chris Gale, Dilshan, Shawab Malik were among the cricket stars who featured for Endeavour Hills in Melbourne's southeast uh, competition last year. It is not suggested that any of those players were involved in the wrongdoing. People might recall that DJ Havana Brown was playing mm-hmm. at Shepley Oval in Dandenong, one of her more esteemed gigs, I would have thought, over the years. Uh, De Silva has been released on bail and will be sentenced later this month. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. saw this one uh, coming, Pezzo? Obviously, it's uh, it's how you're going and it's in the courts and, we're, we're, you know, we're, it's big time. It's, it's real. A, it's also sad for the club. Sad for the club. Uh, Endeavour Hills Cricket Club, proud club. I'm sure. Good, good people. I'm sure. Club cricket, good people. Let's, let's move past these uh, yep. these these facts. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the eyebrows were started to be raised when you just were looking at the level of cricket it's yeah. really been. Yeah. You know, how 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 yeah. were they ever able to attract DJ Havana Brown. The, exactly. <laughs> to this kind of wheelie business. Why is Endeavour Hills playing at Dandenong's first grade ground? <laughs> I think these are the questions the magistrate was asking. Yes. You know, we're, we're, like, that is, like, see, these are the thing. These are the little details the trained eye sees. Yes. Okay, sure, others do an actual audit of this guy and he's, uh, some money's gone on Louis Vuitton bags. There's a bit of a paper trail. Stuff. Yeah, it's paper trail stuff. Yeah. And, you know, th- that's when you get the experts in. Not but for us. If you actually sort of, you know, a couple of detectives on the scene just <laughs> sniffing about yeah. the crime scene. A couple of great cricketers. You go like, well, well, the, the, the first problem here is yeah. that this is Endeavour Hills who plays Willie Bin, and this yeah. is at Shepley Oval. Yeah. Okay, that that doesn't match up. His yeah. show of Malik, he should never be playing at this level from mm-hmm. a moral perspective, right. let alone a uh, you know a commercial uh, financial one. Two plus well. two does not equal five. Exactly. Yep. In, and 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 they tried to make that happen this time. Universe boss. Chris Gale, and yep. there's a couple of lovely articles in the ABC linking off uh, this fraud one as well. Could have some some serious stuff, Chris Gale. Uh, Anyway, and just this is the thing. It was like, look, a lot of cricketers can un- like, like club cricketers understand that there are often players who are way better than you knocking around in teams, Quite and you regularly. ask yourself, yeah, mm-hmm. this is a bit how you're going. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And Why you know, I think a lot of clubs are keeping very quiet when it when it comes to how money is used yeah. by its leaders. Yes. You know, a lot of clubs have uh, have like a real success in the pokies, for instance, and then okay. they sort of they withdraw the cash from that. Then it sometimes ends up in good players' bank accounts. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, sometimes, sometimes you know, that can happen. Is that money laundering? Sure. Yeah, I, I'm not hearing. I'm like the thing is, like TJC often operates as a little bit of a grapevine. You've got DMs, you've got message requests mainly, uh, and <laughs> yep. And people yeah. will send you stuff. People will send you clips of guys playing badly with our wasted Saturday show, etc. cetera. Uh, not to be confused with cricket, etc. cetera. Uh, but yeah. uh, that's, that's a separate issue. Yeah, RP uh, As it stands, could be a Lazarus situation. I don't know. Could be. Could be. Well, Lazarus uh, on the show. Yeah. Gideon was doing well to talk about what had happened at the Australian. Absolutely, absolutely uh, torched them. But uh, yeah. then it then went to some other areas. Didn't make, didn't, didn't make the news. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, the, the, the grapevine's strangely silent from clubs around this kind of stuff. You yeah. know, no club wants to judge Endeavour Hills for yeah. the misappropriation of funds for players. <laughs> and I don't know why. Okay, I'm not saying that clubs are getting Chris Gale over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. They, they don't make it too egregious, but right. that's all I'm saying. There's, there's money knocking about. A lot of teams, as you say, have a lot of success at the pokies. <laughs> If you want to support TJC with your pokies winnings, uh, you can get behind us on Patreon where you can support us at patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. You can search the, uh, the 
Patreon feed, which now goes on Spotify, mm-hmm. or you can access it on Spotify. That's your preference. You can search TGC Patreon on Spotify. That's the feed there. You can unlock the episodes. You sign up to Patreon, 5 or $10 US a month. The audio for um, all of our reviews after the India, Pakistan, England, and Australia games in this World Cup, which is most uh, almost every single day, in fact, uh, this week, we've we've obviously had some real highlights of Australia getting pumped and Australia coming back into the tournament. Mm. Virat milking hundreds. Mm. Um, India beating fucking everyone. England falling over. England uh, bowling first when it was a million degrees in the heat. The Netherlands beating South Africa. Having that interview, that's all on the Patreon feed, which, as I said earlier, you can access on Spotify. You can search TGC Patreon on Spotify. Record that's numbers. how you get it. Record numbers Record getting numbers behind us. Also, you get hashtag Ask TGC Fridays every single week. I think we're up to episode. So 164 of those bad boys. When you sign up, you get the whole back catalogue of everything we've ever done on Patreon. Do you want to say something? Something else you get when you sign up to Patreon, which we didn't discuss off air, pertains to news we will be announcing next week vis-a-vis he goes doing the things that we do through the summer. And I can't say say too much more other than if you sign up to Patreon, you may get yourself some early access to that thing that I'm not mentioning. Do you know what? It's so secretive that I don't even know what Pez is talking about. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, hashtag RCDC Fridays gets into all sorts of weird areas. It's obviously an elongated program, about 45 minutes a week. We, we answer your looser, rawer, darker questions, themes in club cricket land. You're going to get a snippet right now from a, a patron who wrote in a wonderful poem. He spent time putting it's a together place this of li- It's a place of literacy. It's a, yes. place of high, it's a place of high literature and high concept uh, content. These kind of ideas. Here's a little snippet. If you want to get behind TGC and support us throughout our endeavours moving forward. This is what you get. Sign up. This is what you get. This is from someone who says, please identify me only as Kieran Perkins' left shoe. I wrote the following poem about the World Cup just before <coughs> Australia beat Sri Lanka yesterday, and I think it sums up everything well. Packages it up nicely. Here it is. World Cup... I'm reading this uh, blind, by the way. Okay. <clears throat> World Cup Indian Nights in the city of Suckoff. Just been hit in front of middle again and told to fuck off. You're not a real cricketer, Dad says to me with beer in hand. It's been nine years since I last had sex. Even then only a one-night stand. I can't hold down a woman or a job at Jeans West. Last night, Mum caught me with my gloves on, gloves on jerking off, undressed. I watched Coley and the bear pumping my team away. Just got kicked out of the house. Now I've nowhere to stay. Maybe it was my lack of direction or my alcohol addiction. Wayne at the club has this one weird trick, a strange yet curious affliction. Oh, how I love to watch Devon and Kane smash the English around the stands. I say with my teeth clenched tighter than my windsock, holding pound coins in there. That's so... That's such a reach. <laughs> At least I maintain a level of dignity with the Manscaped presentation of my pubics. I'm quite a normal fellow. Maybe one too many cubes in my Rubik's. <laughs> Not to be confused with a Reuben sandwich or Reuben Trumpleman indeed. I just want to know when Baba will turn up or even Abdullah Shafiq. (laughs) Will this be the Kiwi's time or will hometown heroes prevail? My second favourite movie is American Psycho with Christian Bale. (laughs) 
Maybe South Africa are a chance, or England or Pakistan. I realise it would be editorially lazy to rhyme the above with Afghanistan. <laughs> I just put the esky in my car and headed down the highway. I was doing 80 in a school zone, but that's just my way. The cops stopped me for expired registration on my Ford Fiesta. I gave them inaccurate personal details and said I was Paul D. Podesta. <laughs> oh, I, can't breathe. I sit Fucking in the metaphorical guillotine, tick, tick, ticking away. My autism spectrum diagnosis is hard to keep at bay. The esky didn't have anything in it, but it made me think of cricket. One day I hope to own property with a fence and some pickets. Oh, World Cup, I am curled up in the fetal position as I vomit propaganda. I wish the boys would tell the real story about Crazier and Steve Warren's slips, but I think it could be slander. <laughs> the World Cup is the heroin needle in my veins. It's not really. It's my insulin pen for diabetic pain. See, cricket is the monitor beeping my heart rate in the hospital. <laughs> I had to go there to get advice on my kidney stones, but the dog was uncommittal. <laughs> this is a stretch. He's written hospital. I read it like that. H-O-S-P-I-T-A-L. Hospital. Uncommittal. Cricket is the $674 Centrelink check every fortnight that I line up for. I used to get Oz study, but I dropped out of my arts degree after the orientation tour. I feel safest when Murray Erasmus is reviewing a decision as 30. I couldn't finish reading War and Peace. I thought it was too wordy. There's <laughs> 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 a bit to go. Um, um, <laughs> I couldn't name a single ODI series in the last four years or a single player's name, but these Indian knights have me trying to suck my own dick in living shame. I love the World Cup and its parallels to real life, cricket and otherwise. My favourite movie, movie is The Godfather and I cried when James Can, the brother, dies. Sorry for spoilers, but it's 50 years old and the sequel was good too. Up until the age of 26, I still had a curfew. Anyways, I guess I'm trying to say the cricket is good right now and has me salivating. I called my parents the other day. That's a lie. I got call waiting. <laughs> When I was 10, I got coal for Christmas in my stocking, and my penis length is mediocre, but measuring in volume, it is shocking. In past years, I would have hung my windsock on the Aussie boys making a semi, but how can I back them right now with a coach that looks like Steve Bashimi? <laughs> Ah, well, fingers crossed for the Aussies in Chennai, Mumbai, and Delhi. I shout at the TV when they bowl a wide Doritos on my belly. Anyways, good luck to the guys in India. I'm sure they need and appreciate my support. Now I'm going back to licking the jar of strawberry jam in the cupboard. For this World Cup, I can only say me think it amazing as I bow down to our cricketing overlord, India Sundaraisen. <laughs> Ciao! <laughs> 
Well, well, well. Oh, fuck it. A lot of good moments there. There you go. There's a little teaser there. Um, all right, Pezza, just before we get into the World Cup, there's a few bits and pieces I want to talk about here. We were extremely honoured and privileged to be asked to host the LBW Trust annual dinner at Dalton House in Sydney on Saturday night, just gone. Um, for those that don't know, the LBW Trust, they draw on the generosity of Australians to provide transformational educational opportunities for young men and women in the developing world. That's their MO, I suppose. Um this year, uh, we this is the second time we've been asked to do it, so we were very fortunate um, and, yeah, privileged to, to do it two years in a row. But this year, we had the great fortune of interviewing Banafsha and Nilab uh, on stage to tell their story. Um, they are two players from the Afghan women's cricket team. They escaped the Taliban in 2021 uh, when the Taliban came back into power after the US forces left meaning that, of course, women were not able to go to school, work, um, even be outside, certainly not play cricket. The The story of these two young women is absolutely incredible. You know what? I'll actually link it in the description of this um, video or on the audio, depending on how you're consuming this. It's paywall. It's from the Hindustan Times, um, but we're sure we can uh, find a way to skirt around that. Um, their story is remarkable. Uh, close personal friend Justin Langer was also there. Uh, good to catch up with JL. You know, in um, all seriousness, that that was quite linked. We were talking to JL uh, <coughs> after the we had the chance to interview Benafsha and Nilab, and uh, I'm sure he won't mind me quoting him. But I mean, Benafsha there in particular. You should read this piece that that he goes will link. She's five foot zero. Yep. and she she basically talked the Taliban. Uh, talked talk the Taliban into letting her and her entire team cross the border yep. through 15 checkpoints, uh, like demonstrating a level of like toughness and profound courage that, you know, is just unimaginable. And, yeah, we were talking to JL afterwards who um, is a, a tower of his own courage in all seriousness and, and toughness, and he, he just said like, I just, I just love the fuck you attitude. Which was like when you and you mm. see Benafsha five foot nothing. Her, her nickname's Little Devil. Yeah, it made sense. It was really cool uh, to to chat with her. It was it was it was more than that. It was really an honour to speak to both yeah. of them. And then they uh, then they proceeded to tell a story about playing cricket against the Governor General and uh, basically the Governor General's team stitch him up by calling a no ball off the last ball. That like Benafsha's like we didn't cut the line nor was it a waste high fully. Mm. They were the words. Same old Aussies. Same old Aussies, gen- yeah. genuinely. Yeah. Uh, so, um, the country, five again, minutes. Yeah, David Hurley, absolutely <laughs> stitch up there. But um, uh, yeah, uh, really like a, a real privilege to do that with the LBW Trust. Uh, in the same theme of charity, um, Pez. Uh, yeah, uh, we want to shout something I, out. How do you want to set this up? Yeah. I will shout something out uh, that is taking place on November 15. Uh, we, we got a call a couple of weeks ago uh, from Western Suburbs Cricket Club in Sydney. Um, and I actually, I actually found this uh, extremely touching. So um, a little while ago, uh, just probably over over a year ago, a young um, man, 17-year-old, sorry, uh, boy, Archie Gray, lost his life to brain cancer. Um, he, was a, uh, he was a second grader at Western Suburbs, an absolute gun. Uh, and... They're putting on, or they're starting a charity cricket match. We're going to talk about this for the next couple of weeks leading up to the cricket match. It's on November 15. It's called the Archie Gray Brain Cancer Awareness Celebrity Charity Cricket Match. Uh, it's raising funds for the Mark Hughes Foundation, which is an outstanding organisation uh, raising funds in this space. It's Wests versus Manly. Both are picking their sides. Uh, it's going to be streamed on KO. 
Um, we're going to talk about it over the next couple of weeks, so uh, don't have to go into like all details at all times. But um, uh, what we're asking is for people to raise money for the event, uh, so that money will go to the Mark Hughes Foundation, and also to attend the event. It's on at Pratton Park in Ashfield. So write this down: Wednesday, fifteen November. It's a night game, five thirty till nine thirty p.m. You're going to recognise a lot of players uh, mm-hmm. in attendance of that game. Now. Um, purely because of uh, family logistical reasons, uh, we're unable to make it to the game. But we have given the um, – we've given West and Manly our word that we're going to give this a massive shout-out. Uh, let, let me um, – read you a little bit from the press release. So yep. on 8 November 2022, Archie Gray lost his 11 and a half month courageous battle with brain cancer. He was just 17 years of age, uh, an absolutely outstanding and talented cricketer for Western Suburbs Cricket Club who described Archie as a gun. Uh, Archie at the age of 16 debuted in second grade alongside his elder brother, Finn. He was a year 11 student at St. Patrick's College, Strathfield, and was a friend to so many within the cricketing community. His last game was against Manly at Pratton Park, uh, and his last four days of life was spent at Bear College Manly. Uh, so for this reason, two clubs have come together to create a T20 cricketing event with a mix of current players and yesteryear's players, yesteryear players to celebrate Archie's passion for cricket and continue to raise awareness for brain cancer through Mark Hughes Foundation. Uh, just speaking to the people who are involved, it was, I found it very touching and moving, particularly um, with kids of my own, but just also knowing that um, I know he goes, you, you know, that – for any of us who've played grade cricket, you know, that could be, that could be anybody. Yeah. Uh, and to, to lose a life at that age um, is just completely tragic. And we just want to um, ensure that everyone who listens to this show is aware of that uh, mm-hmm. and supports it as best they can. So uh, head to Pratt and Park if you can, 15 November at 5.30 PM, raise funds for the Mark Hughes Foundation uh, to support the life of young Archie Gray, who I'm sure is is uh, deeply missed. Let's uh, now talk about the World Cup. Uh, we will be talking to both Adam Zampa and Matt Roller um, to give us sort of the the, the broader themes um, from within one camp and also just uh, the World Cup, generally speaking, over there in India. But uh, since we last spoke, uh, Australia's gone from looking absolutely abject, exhausted, unlikely to do achieve anything, to now. Very short price favourites um, to, <laughs> to, to make the semifinals in the space of um, basically six days. They obviously had a tremendous win against Pakistan. Um, they've been in Sri Lanka and Pakistan now. They've got the Netherlands on the 25th. That's tomorrow. Um, before they play New Zealand and in England and they finish with Afghanistan and Bangladesh. So they're on two wins at the moment. You would think that they would beat the Netherlands. Though, of course, nothing is guaranteed. And I say nothing is guaranteed because um, since then, uh, since, since last time we spoke, Afghanistan, who are now sixth, uh, have beaten England, lost New Zealand and beaten Pakistan overnight. So England are now 10th, which is where Australia were about uh, 15 minutes ago. So there are no guarantees with anything, but let's make yeah. sweeping statements that no one will ever clip up or remember. Yeah, exactly. Remarkable. Yeah. It's, it's book, remarkable. It's that bookmarks feature now on uh, Twitter, isn't it? You just write something that's kind of a prediction and you see there's 349 bookmarks oh, for people waiting hell. to fucking dunk Slam dunk on you. Just to yeah. absolutely dunk on you yeah. and you won't ever recover from it. <laughs> ah, here's that time I said our team was good, but they yeah. actually turned out not to be yeah. because they lost the following match. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah, mate. I don't know. I don't, you know, I feel... Middle of the World Cup, what trends and patterns can you deduce yes. from teams, particularly given – I mean, I suppose one is that, you know, the the teams from 
areas that are close to India are doing better in these conditions than we expected them to. And the reverse is also true. Mm. Uh, and it's like, wow, who would have thought that? Well, not us. Dumb, obviously. Of course. But uh, zooming out, yeah, I guess that's how uh, that's how it goes. Afghanistan got that game against Pakistan, uh, three-prong spring at spin attack there at uh, Chennai. Yes. And uh, did the damage, restricted them with the twirlers and uh, – Got the job done, two down, absolutely uh, did it off their dicks. Really, the only constant is India chasing and India chasing successfully. They've won five of their yeah. five games. Now, like South Africa, who have been absolutely brilliant in three of their four games. They've mm. beaten Sri Lanka, where they absolutely smoked them for 400. They absolutely demolished Australia in their second game. They blitzed England, scoring 399, then bowling England out for 170, mm. um, forcing England into their biggest ever ODI feat. In between those two games, they lost to the Netherlands. What? Yeah. Um, New Zealand, they're second, Board, on the, hey? they're second on the table. They absolutely, absolutely blitzed England in their first game. Devin Conway, 150 in that first game. Fantastic. Beat the Netherlands, beat Bangladesh, beat Afghanistan, lost to India. Now we're like, mm, well, they haven't really beaten anyone that good, have they, uh, New Zealand, so far? So how good, how good are they, you know? It's really hard to make any sort of, um, you know, observations of um, – you know, clinical observations, binary observations, but that's what we're here to do. People are like, nah, I've figured it out now. This is the final four. I've figured it out. Yeah. There's a lot of it's, – it's very difficult to draw conclusions about teams that haven't played the code for the last four years. England, who are 10th, have Sri Lanka, India, Australia, Netherlands, Pakistan. They could win every single one of those games yeah. and or- have – and they have six wins and they make the finals. Now, they could also lose some of them. They could lose all of them. There might be a draw. Here there could be a washout. scenarios. They'll, you know, New Zealand went off a fog the other night against India. That could happen again. I don't know. No one fucking knows. It's almost like we could be looking at the greatest upsetty World Cup of all time. Not a word, but you know, you see what I'm getting at? Mm. It could be. Or it could just be just India win forever. They chase runs. Coley somehow scores 100 chasing 50 against the Netherlands. You know, you know, like. Top four as it stands is, uh, as we go to where is India, uh, New, Zealand. New Zealand, South Africa, Australia. As it has been pointed out that there's three massive fucking chokers in that and the World Cup boss. Are we happy? I think we're sitting pretty. Sitting pretty. I don't, I don't, we're exactly I where we want to be. I don't the, see uh, how we lose it from here, Pezzo. 3,200 <laughs> round the bend. Just, 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 just sitting ahead of mid-pack. <laughs> Australia tonight is going to be two for 60, chasing 175 and thinking, oh, God. I know tonight. close. Is it tonight? Oh, it's tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Sorry, sorry. Other people want to know, just a total parenthesis, uh, just vis-a-vis your uh, James Joyce, your Alan Joyce. Yeah, I'm Alan Joyce. Um. Someone asks, is here goes Bleeding Gums Murphy, <laughs> Gary Larson, Shannon Knoll, or does he have kennel cough? <laughs> I am stat dog. You are the stat, I, I am the stat dog. That is actually when it started. Maybe it was because of all of the work I've made you do to, to bark out stat dog. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Could be. Could be. Yeah. I don't know about, I don't know, read this World Cup. I think the narrative, I mean, India are, so much doing it off their dicks that they yeah. can afford to attempt to nurse uh, Virat Kohli to mm. two tons. Mm. And that's a reference to uh, I Show Speed. Yeah, I Show Speed on YouTube, watched by 14 year olds. Uh, yeah. And, and I suppose what their fans should be hoping for is the loss they have to have. Because if they don't, th- there will be shitting bricks in we the were, semi and the final. We were trying to figure out. Uh, when India last lost a game that meant something because they won yeah. the Asia Cup, they did lose the 
They lost last, a dead rubber to Bangladesh. Bangladesh, exactly. Then they, they lost then it. They, then they won the final. They bowled Sri Lanka out for 50. Yeah. They lost one game, the dead rubber game, in the series beforehand against Australia. Yeah. So they're winning 2 0 of mm. three. Then when the, was their last loss of consequence? Of consequence, Was yeah. it Matt Kuhneman doing them at indoor there? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but it, I mean, it's, it, looks, it looks imperious. It looks unimpeachable. It looks like uh, Daryl Mitchell impeached their middle or, uh, middle overs. 130 of 127 yeah, in that game. That was an impeaching. It was wonderful. Uh, India didn't play that well. They Ratch dropped and Re- catches. Yeah, great a great uh, partnership with Ratch and Ravindra. Now, yeah, what's that about? For, well, name sounds familiar, doesn't it? Ratch and Ravindra. Uh, it's yeah. He's uh, his parents of Indian heritage, as yeah. far as I understand. Uh, okay. Sounds like a Kiwi. It's a familiar sounding name. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe someone would, could let us know um, what uh, where, where is the the derivation of his of his name. Very good player, full flowing cover drive. Mm. Here's a question for you, Peza. Uh, Travis Head is obviously in India. He is perhaps going to play tomorrow against the Netherlands. If if not, the game after that against uh, is it the Kiwis? Yeah, the Kiwis after that, which is three days after. Mm-hmm. Um, so, who makes way? Because Travis Head will open the batting. Mitch Marshall will go to three, and then you're looking at Smith, Marnus. Those only one of those two will play. Yeah. Now I haven't got the stats in front of me, but I have wondered in, over the past week or so when yes. was the last time I saw Steve Smith do anything in white ball cricket? Yes. Now I think that Steve Smith has a much higher ceiling in white ball cricket than Steve Smith. Marnus Labuschagne though has been absolutely red hot. Well, red hot. He's been the best white ball player for Australia since. Um, Travis Head was out of the side, really. Mitch Marsh is obviously great. Dave Warner's got a terrific 100. But Marnus has actually been consistent since he was um, brought into the squad to basically replace Travis Head. It seems like it would be outrageous to drop Steve Smith. But um, but I don't know. It just seems like at the moment, Marnus is actually more likely to score runs. Yeah, if you want to like... Uh, Exes yeah. and O's it. Yeah, or, or, or like uh, confect debate about it. You'd go, well, you know. I mean, all of a sudden, uh, Mitch Marsh and David Warner just put on 259 at the top of the order. Uh, you know, uh, if it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it. And Marnus, he has superior numbers to Smith, etc. Look, Australia plays its best and most its best ODI cricket, or it has played its best ODI cricket with the setup of Head, Warner, Marsh, Smith. Balanced deluxe. Yeah. Uh, then you at, at go the Maxwell, Stoinis, I guess Inglis would be seven, probably swap. Yeah, well, and, and, yeah, um, you know. Inglis does does Kerry come back into calculations uh, in, in that situation? Probably not because Inglis sort of won in the last game. But, uh, well, the game before. But, um, yeah, like they, they play their best cricket, their most explosive cricket when Hedy comes back in. He was a linchpin of that side, obviously. They fell off a cliff once he fucking uh, yeah. did the old uh, Malcolm. And, yeah. Um, uh, Malcolm Meninga, Malcolm uh, Meninga, yeah, right. Uh, or, or is it a hand? Is it a, no, it's a finger. Yeah, it's a Malcolm. Yeah, it's not a German band. Mm. And uh, and so and then if you want to get into Smith v Marnus, I reckon that a lot of the uh, you'd never be able to prove this, but like there might even be they might even have an internals uh, component to it. Not that it'd even be discussed. You know, you have the master and the apprentice that like balls deep into a World Cup campaign in India, yep. mono e mono for who gets the um that spot as the I guess what, the rescuer uh, of an innings, the the ticket over guy. Yep. And I just 
think a lot of people will be like, well, if it's 1v1, the senior guy's going to get the gig. He's going to get it because he's Steve Smith. Um, and, yes, I also believe that Steve Smith, uh, if they do need to go, has a higher ceiling, has yep. a greater uh, capacity to really get on top of the bowlers if that's the situation. If you need a guy to rescue an innings, Marnus is probably in better form than Smith at the moment. I wouldn't say it's by heaps. Uh, they're probably equals as far as fielding goes. Um, both have different strengths in that regard. People might also regard Steve Smith as a um, a, a source of leadership as well uh, with all the gesticulations and stuff. <laughs> no, but seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think in that team, Steve Smith comes before Marnus Labuschagne. I'm just looking at your stats now. Uh, he's batted nine times in ODIs this year. Steve Smith, 150. That was against India um, in September. So he scored this year 0, 041, 0, 74, 46, 19, 0, 7. Uh, let me get Marnus's numbers up. I apologise for the delay here, but I'm going to get it up to make my point, uh, even though it's not going to matter because Steve Smith's going to play. But I just, I just think it's interesting. Uh, I, just, I'm, I guess what I'm saying is I wouldn't mind seeing, seeing some higher output from Steve Smith. Okay, this year, oh, yeah, Marnus. This year, Marnus, he's played way more games. Uh, 80 red, 124, 15, 20, 44, 39, 27, 72, 27, 46, 48. Mm. Look, it's, it's not – runs. It, it is runs. It's not, it's not outstanding, undroppable runs, but it is, it's, be, it's much better than the output that mm. Steve Smith's putting out. Look, I, 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 think, I think what you say is right. It's not really even an argument Steve Smith's going to play, but um, – I do I think there's think a broader – yeah, go on. I, yeah. Just, I just think that I want more output from Steve Smith. I think there's a broader thematic conversation <coughs> around the protection of players of reputation yeah. and the um, yeah. the willingness of selectors, um, many like uh, years out, I suppose, to to create a project that is not based on guys' reputations. You know, like yeah. there's probably a few bowlers who, who are knocking on the door as well who miss out or don't even get, really get a look in. That's a good point because uh, there are just sacred cows in the Australian team. Yeah. And it does feel like the team is like, well, it's the team and the team is the team, so why would I change the team because this is the team? You know, and it just re- – no, truly, it just, it just it circularly reinforces itself yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I'm probably adding to that by going like, yeah, but it's Smith. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, True, yeah. like but, against Marnus's numbers, but still right. – but I, but that, so it does count for something. Yeah. Experience, back end of the tournament, who do you want walking out? Mm. Someone might say, oh, the guy in form, you know, both yeah. pretty good. Yeah. But uh, – yeah, you know, I, I do think that is um, – that's, you know, it, it's more courageous to say that now when Australia's still a chance of going all the way, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I, I do think there is something in that. In Australia, we do tend to favour the incumbent beyond what the data or stats or, um, you know, you know the, the investment in the side dictates. We're going to have that conversation into the summer around Warner's spot as well, but that's mm. not for now. There are so many games left. I mean, Australia has the front running right now to get into the finals, uh, but uh, there's just so many games and so many things are going to happen since then. It's really too early to say. I, I just don't think England's even out of it, finish uh, at the moment 10th mm. with their games left. Um, but I do like David Warner suggesting that um, that umpire's stat should be on the big screen. Yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> I reckon the Aussies, the Aussies, their their heads are just so burnt out with Joe Wilson. They've just they've just had enough, and I couldn't really blame them. You know, I watch I watch uh, almost every Australian game, and I just just when, just when Joel's involved, I'm like, how's he going to do it this time? Mm. So it's, it's amazing. Now, Joel Wilson, like the stats, the stats must be because he keeps getting a gig. He must be one of the best in the world. He just has to be. 
But like every time I watch him, all timer. Yes, I mean he's, he's an absolute all timer. And you know what? I bet he's a fucking great bloke as well. Yeah, I'm not going to go at his character, but it's like every time it seems to be something going on with uh, with big old JW there. So I don't know. But but what is suggesting the umpire's stat should be in the screen? <laughs> fucking hell! I, I mean, it's good. The thing is, I need to call things out. Like, you know that after Warner, Warner was saying that in response to a dismissal that he thought. Was a bit yeah. how you're going, yeah. and it wasn't. Yeah, and <laughs> it was. It was, was out. Yeah, yeah was that out. wasn't the one. Yeah, <laughs> I was still like seen others. <laughs> and then you know, then you get other non-serial people like, well, they actually get 97 percent of their decisions right. It's like, does that include like calling over after six balls and stuff like that? Yeah. Let's talk about like you know, let let's find some let's find some language in cricket for umpires who. Uh, like the percentage of dismissals that they give out when it's umpire's call. You know what I mean? And like, like, like I don't say I just don't have those words myself. Someone else could do that. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I, I actually wouldn't mind that. Stats being like um, player satisfaction of how far they stand back from the stumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so there's a qualitative component to it as well. Social return on investment. How far, uh, how far do the elbows protrude when, yes. they've got, when they're standing in their natural position? Exactly. You know, if there's a jumper involved, they hold it in the mm. right arm, you know, in the, in the correct arm, sorry. Because if there's anything else we do need in sport, it's more numbers and videos attached to umpiring. It tends, it tends to assist society. Yes. Everybody feels happier and you end up getting better decisions and results. What's that chat like at Square Leg? Are you yeah. happy to be standing there at Square Leg or do you have to listen to their model train collection, uh, you know, um, discussions? Yeah. Discourse. That, yeah, that's right. And you're not referring to a Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn aren't referring to golf courses. <laughs> no, uh, no. That's right. And they just turn up there. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, what else? Umpires, uh, you know, how they knock on the door and say, on our way, boys, what you say after when they leave, how they actually smell, have they had a shower in the morning? Some have, some haven't. How much they want to talk to the players of promise or the higher profile players. Yes. Call them by their first name. First name. Uh, or just call them mate, just to let, to try and actually alpha themselves into the hierarchy, or elongate their first name so yeah. Steve becomes Stephen, Pat yeah, becomes Patrick, right. yeah. or Patty, you know, just yeah. just to uh, create some sort of familiarity. Yeah, continue a conversation one or two sentences beyond what was appropriate because they're looking to uh, develop some proximity, some some familiarity again with high profile players. All right. of that feeding into the bias of the opposition mm. players, uh, and that's before we get onto Richard Kettlebury just failing to call a wide <laughs> because Virat Kohli was about to score a hundred. But to be fair with Kettlebell, when they take a wicket, when you underrun the ball to him, yeah. he does catch it one-handed cleanly like he has actually played the sport before. Yeah, that's right. So if he takes the catch, that's all right. He goes up in your estimations. But also if there's an umpire you want to get on the side of mm. and you know they can't catch, yeah. go up and place it in their hands. Don't quite do that because then they know that you're 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 uh, you're realising they can't catch. So maybe stand about a metre away and kind of underarm it with a pushing motion like you would a child. Ask them to get their hands out so it lobs into their hands so they feel like they've caught the ball. These are some of the key elements that you can, uh, you know, manipulate to mm. and manufacture a relationship with someone that you don't really care about. Now, can we talk about the Kettlebrough wide decision just just quickly? We so I think to. it's very important, yes. particularly in grade terms. Yes. But uh, if you missed it, uh, if, you, if you're a normal person, you're not watching heaps of like late night World Cup, right? Uh, there was a scenario where Virat Kohli was uh, five runs away from a hundred uh, in a chase against Bangladesh. Uh, there was a lot of time to go in the game. Mm. Kale Rahul had been nursing him there, not taking singles and stuff like that, so the milestone could be achieved. Other context is he's only one century away now from Sachin Tendulkar's record. That matters to some people. And they needed two to win. Two, they, yep, get that right as yeah. well. Uh, they needed two to win. Um, can't remember the name of the bowler. Probably good for his career. Uh, left arm orthodox, I want to say. Who was it against? Uh, Bangladesh. Bangladesh. And uh, so two to win. Yeah. Uh, and he, he comes into bowl and it is a out-and-out leg-side wide. 
and the, and Coley's <laughs> eyes flash up to yeah. the bowler and the yeah. umpire. How fucking It goes dare to Richard you. Kettlebrough, who it must be said is the most popular umpire on the circuit, the highest regarded umpire. Must I'd be say. said. Must be said. His stats would be good. good and stats. he had his fingers uh, splayed across his face and just one of the great sports smiles where one cheek raises up to the ear, the other one doesn't do anything, and he keeps his hands down. He doesn't call the wide. Uh, That sparks a debate over the role of the umpire. Many people would say, it's a wide, call it a wide, an umpire must call it as you see it. Right at the moment, you don't do that. Is the moment players start to get uh, signals that some are preferred over others. The umpire is a, a, a like an applicant, an applier of the law, of the laws of cricket, and that's all they're there to do. That is the that is the um, what's the word? Like that's the scope of their role. Is yes. it a wide? Yes or no? Arms out. Give them the bird or not? Bird. Someone else might say, and I did hear this, uh, I must say, on the excellent uh, ABC, uh, Grand State Cricket Podcast, Corbin, Middlemass, Ed Count. Uh, Corby said, just par- par- paraphrasing Corby, he's like, you know, if someone um, jaywalks at 2am and there's no car there, uh, does the police pull them over and give them the full fine? The foot, does it affect the full force of the law? You know, the umpire is an overseer of the game. Everyone wanted to see that 100. Now, I thought that was well, Ed made the point, well well argued. Uh Missing out a, a bit for me. He's like the full entertainment was in the, – the full value of the entertainment was in Coley hitting 100 and that the bowler didn't mean to bowl a wide. Corby, he did. <laughs> and I get full entertainment value from that Yeah, from a great cricket perspective. That The Bangladeshi player bowling let, – let's get it can – you, can you get his name up? Like the, the Bangladeshi player bowling that wide – is offering absolute reams of entertainment mm-hmm. to a lot of people who've played cricket. There's Virat Kohli, 95 not out, home ground, India, about to like basically orgasm a victory with a 6 and 100 to leave India undefeated and he goes one close to Sachin Tendulkar. It's about as good as it gets for an Indian fan. For a Bangladeshi bowler in that circumstance to go, nah, I'd rather bowl a wide and deny <laughs> that to you, deny that milestone. Don't tell me that's not entertainment. Know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. Mm. What about the time when AJ Tape, AJ, AJ Tye bowled the James wild to James Vince? Yeah. We're all there for that. Yeah. That, was, that was way better than watching James Vince score. AJ Tye denied that he did that on purpose, which well, I, d- I don't think he – like that's unfair that he's in a context where he doesn't feel like he has to do that. Yeah. Where he does feel he has to do that, sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Um, shall we uh, – Shall we Can't talk, get his name? Shall we talk to – Shall we talk to Adam Zampa? I, I, oh, sorry. Um, the <laughs> player's name? Something else, yeah. Uh, Nassim Ahmed. Nassim, hey, well done, Nassim Ahmed. Well done, Nassim Ahmed. Anyway, well Richard Kettlebrough stitch you up. Um, shall we talk to Adam Zampa yeah, now? And then be. Matt Roller? Yep. Let's roll into it. Here he is. Here's Adam Zampa. So happy to have on as a first timer uh, to this show. Matt Roller from uh, ESPN Crick Info, assistant editor there. You may have also seen him away from those pages on The Final Word. You may have seen him back on those pages on Polite Inquiries with Vish, uh, standing next to us once uh, at Lords, trying to sort of talk, talk over the top of our stuff as well. So <laughs> uh, competitors as well. But no, in all seriousness, uh, we've been a huge fan of Matt's work for a very a long time. So it's awesome to have him on the show. Coming direct from India, you're there in Bangalore. Uh, Matt Roller, welcome to The Great Cricketer. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you for having me. Hell of it. It's a baritone voice too. Uh, it's good. It's bass. I like it. Um, so with that in mind, Matt, uh, is your country, England, uh, a shambles uh, as a cricket team? 
It's certainly not been uh, the World Cup that most people back home expected, I think, so far. Um, I think people came in thinking that England were probably second favourites behind India. There was a, a general sense that it would probably be okay, even though uh, they've not really paid any attention to 50-over cricket for the last four years. And uh, I suppose the first four games have shown that it, it, it really hasn't been okay. They got absolutely thrashed by New Zealand in game one, which um, felt like a been a move-on type of result. Um, and then the last two games in Delhi and Mumbai against Afghanistan and South Africa have been um, pretty uh, pretty humbling, I think, for England to... Uh, I think after that Afghanistan game, there was a lot of talk about how they would respond and play in the right way and all this sort of thing and um, how they train really well, as you often hear. And then, uh, yeah, Butler decided to... Uh, to send South Africa in in 38 degree heat, I think the something like the third hottest day in Mumbai in October in a decade. Um, Joe Root said it was like chewing air, um, and yeah, that went predictably not very well. And uh, it, it feels like it's a long way back from here. There's been a lot of usual talk about we've got five World Cup finals coming up, boys, but um, I, I'm not necessarily sure that um, it's sustainable to win five World Cup finals in a row. Uh, especially when there's no boundary count to rely on anymore. <laughs> uh. Hey, uh, Reese Topley is going home, Roller, uh, with a broken digit or a fractured digit or something to his digit. Um, first of all, that's that's shocking for him because he's, first of all, he's a ripping bloke, uh, but he's had so many bad injuries and now Will Cass is coming in. So can you give us a reflection on Reese Topley's luck of injuries and is Will Cass going to win England five World Cups in a row? Uh, yeah, well, totally Brighton. terrible bad luck for him. I mean, he's been he's been England's best bowler at this tournament, really. He didn't even start in a team against New Zealand, but he's taken eight wickets in three games, and he took two of those with his fingers literally strapped together. Um, I've had a power cut. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> well, it's scary. <laughs> yeah. We'll plow on through. Um, should we do that again? Or should I nah, you're good, brother. On? Play, nah, play on, play on, play on. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, he, he did. Um, yeah, he took two of those eight wickets with his fingers literally strapped together. So it's it's pretty brutal for him. Uh, obviously, he's had a, a terrible run of luck, and yeah, uh, Bryden Cars, the the replacement from from Durham, is right. uh, sort of you know big strapping all round, a South African born in the finest of English traditions, and um, gives it a whack from number eight. So you know, I don't think he'll play against Sri Lanka in the week. Um, it was a bit of talk. Matthew Mott said they might look for an X Factor edition and. There was a bit of talk as to whether they would go left field and go with someone like a Jason Roy or Will Jacks, but I don't think that was ever necessarily seriously considered. I think they, they feel like they need six seamers at this World Cup, whoever they are. I suppose the big surprise for a lot of people would have been that it wasn't Joffre Archer, given the fact he was out here as a, a travelling reserve, uh, in theory anyway, but he's he's left India. He, he was here for three or four days in Mumbai, apparently just checking in with physios on his rehab and has gone, which, um, yeah, it's been a bit of an interesting one that in terms of communication, because all the chat originally in a, about two months ago was, yeah, you know, he'll probably be named in the squad and maybe not be fit for the first few, but might be around to play a part at the back end. And suddenly the travelling reserve has travelled late and then travelled home. Does that just mean by extension he's not as fit as they'd hoped he'd be? Because it does seem strange that you sort of name a guy and then when there's an injury, you don't use him and he goes home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the talk has been he's absolutely fine progressing his plan, but there's clearly been some kind of communication problem on, on Archer throughout in terms of how it's been presented. I don't know whether 
the intention was just to keep the hope alive that he might be able to, you know, come in for a semi-final if an injury happened at the right time or whatever. But yeah, it does does feel like uh, it's not all quite gone to plan. I think he's still on course to to play a pretty meaningless tour of the Caribbean in in December. But um, you know, we'll we'll wait and see. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, you, I just heard you say a phrase at the top of the interview roller uh where you said oh you know they came in second favorites i would agree with that and they they thought it would probably be okay and i uh am familiar with that attitude because i feel like it's been australia's as well and maybe speaks to a certain kind of uh i don't know casualness towards this world cup where two pretty senior teams who've had some success in white ball cricket of late england appreciably more than australia uh, felt like they probably had the cattle to do the business to get themselves to the business end, and that hasn't really worked out that way. Given you're there in India, no doubt following England around, do you get it? Do you have any sense of the extent to which they've prioritised this World Cup? You know, and whether this, whether their results are reflective of, you know, the amount they've invested in it. Because I know from Australia's perspective, though two and two, it certainly feels like it's the fourth or fifth order priority for the year. Yeah, well, Joe Root did a big um, sort of media briefing at England's hotel yesterday where he sort of got stuck in a bit around, um, I suppose, the systemic issues of English 50-over cricket and spoke about, you know, that obviously the players haven't played almost any of it um, and was talking about how much test cricket England play compared to other countries. I think since the 2019 World Cup, England have played 56 tests and the next most is 39, which is India and Australia, which is, I was actually surprised by the scale of those numbers. I mm. suppose they kept playing in COVID when a lot of teams didn't. Um, but yeah, in terms of ODIs, a lot of teams are playing way fewer than they ever have before. England very, very rarely, if ever, have fielded their best team between World Cups. I mean, Root played 19 ODIs between World Cups, which is almost none. Um, and I, I think it I think it has told to some extent. Um, we've had Matthew Mott's been talking about the fact that to some extent they were guessing a little bit in selection um, because it's very difficult to compare players based on you know, Red Bull form and IPL form and stuff like that when it's only so relevant, as we've seen over the past few weeks, um, to 50 over cricket, which is a, a probably more different from T20 than a lot of people remembered, I guess. Um, getting stuck into this big block of ODIs, you, you get a good reminder of just how long the days are, just how different the whole thing is. Um, that said, I think all of the sort of systemic stuff about England not prioritising 50 over cricket, I think that's confounded when you make bad decisions at the tournament itself. So, um, you know, it, take the, Af the the game against Afghanistan in Delhi. Um, I don't think Afghanistan beat England because they have a fantastic system which prioritises 50 over cricket. They play less, you know, fewer ODIs than anyone else. And with respect to the, I think it's called the Green Afghanistan One Day Challenge or something like that, I, I don't think that the fact they're underpinned by a brilliant domestic tournament is the reason that they beat England. I think England made a bad call at the toss, uh, bowled a load of half volleys up top and lost heavily as a result. I think, um, yeah, it, it's very easy in these situations. And I think we're quite good at, at doing the meltdown as an English media to sort of go back to all the systemic problems and if only this had happened and the schedule's wrong and blame the administrators. But I do think they have just made some poor decisions as well at the tournament and players who admittedly partly because of the schedule are uh, sort of simultaneously 
overcooked through playing too much all format cricket, but undercooked in ODI cricket have not performed. You know, the, the, I think there's three guys who have scored a hundred runs in the first, uh, the first four games, which is, you know, you don't want a lot of games if no one's scoring a hundred runs across four games. Matt, uh, how did India not win the World Cup? Is the only way that the uh, the food poisoning hotel delivery goes to the wrong hotel and goes to the Indian team? Is that the only way they can not win the World Cup? I think the uh, the sort of the most enjoyable way for India to not win the World Cup, but that for them to go nine from nine in the group stage, <laughs> chasing in every single game, yeah. and then get sent in and shit the bed basically in the semi-final <laughs> yeah. um it, it feels like it, they're a seriously good team and obviously that performance against new zealand overcoming the injury to hardik and bringing guys like suya and Mohammed shami off the bench is pretty useful um it, i suppose yeah i don't know I don't, I don't really see how they don't to be honest i think they seem so much more complete aside than everyone else and i think particularly their attack is so much better than everyone else is, um, but it's pretty hard to see. I suppose, you know, it, it will be harder if Hardik doesn't come back, but I think he probably will. Um, so, yeah, I, I I feel like they're, they're strong favourites at the moment. I feel like it's going to be a, it's going to take something pretty spectacular to happen. I mean, I, I suppose that, the, you know, again, different format, but the Adelaide semi-final is probably the yeah. um, the blueprint as to how they don't, where, you know, it's, it's much easier to play attacking fearless cricket when you're chasing a total under 300 and uh you know your strong favorites are halfway than it is when you've got the pressure of this massive country telling you you've got to um beat whoever it is in the semi-final and set up a final at the stadium named after your prime minister and all this stuff so maybe that's maybe that's the route but i think they're going to do it to be honest roller i'm I'm keen to know what you think, particularly being on the ground there. And I know that you've spent a lot of time in India before. You've covered the IPL from mm. the ground in India, um, which I think is its not something a lot of um, people in the, uh, call it the Anglosphere of cricket journalism, have done before you. You've got genuine runs on the board in covering cricket over in India, getting a feel of the game there, what the priorities are and, and aren't, as well as in England and Australia. Um, I note your, in your last piece, it, it at least started with the widespread view that ODIs are a dying, a dying a slow and painful death has not been rebuffed in the first two and a half weeks of the World Cup in India. Now you go on to explain what that means. I want to add that into Greg Baum from the uh, the Nine Papers writing a piece overnight saying that uh, this World Cup has been a fan-free zone, uh, not blaming fans in any way, but rather access to tickets that lots of people would like to go but haven't been able to access tickets. Um, you know, what... Uh, is there freedom to make critiques of this World Cup? Uh, and, you know, and if so, what would they be? Uh, do you get the sense in India that the, the World Cup is being enjoyed by the fans there? Um, and what has your experience of it been? Do you think we're looking at one of the greats? I think that the tournament so far, as I, as I said yesterday, has been basically characterised by the, the empty seats and the, the lack of close finishes we actually we got the best the closest finish of the tournament last night where afghanistan won by eight wickets with an <laughs> over to spare that was the that was as close as it's got to a last over thriller um which ended up being an absolute 
cruise um so yeah i i feel like there's not really been a good game um the slogan that the icc have for this world cup is it takes one day um which i feel was presumably dreamt up by someone in marketing who didn't think fuck one day is a really long time Um, (laughs) honestly you know you can spend eight hours watching Sri Lanka squeeze past the Netherlands in Lucknow. You can, you know, you can fly to, I could fly home and have a, have a Sunday lunch with my girlfriend if I wanted to in a, in a day. But um, yeah, it, it feels like it's been a, a bit of a drag to be honest, the first two and a half weeks of this tournament to me. I think that the fans is the frustrating thing because we know that so much of cricket's economy is driven by broadcast money um and realistically the revenue from ticket sales is such a small part of it in this world cup and yet the product for broadcast to use a pretty you know one of those horrible marketing words i feel is massively diminished by the fact that there's empty seats there the whole time it looks worse because of the fact there's no fans there and it would be really really easy for them to make the whole process of tickets and getting fans into grounds a lot easier and a lot better than it is um, you know, you have these, I have a friend who went to the, the opening game in, uh, Ahmedabad as a, as a spectator, he rocked up with a QR code at the game half an hour before it started thinking this will be absolutely fine. He got told that he had to go to a hotel two miles away to get his QR code scanned and pick up a physical ticket. So he did that, came back, then got told he wasn't allowed to bring his bag in. And his bag had some sort of broadcasting equipment, like a camera or a selfie stick or something like that. And so then he had to go back to his own hotel, put his bag back and come back in. And having arrived at the ground originally before the start, he got there in something like the 45th over of the first innings was when he actually got to his seat. And you hear so many stories about that from fans on the ground. There's not many of them here, but whenever you speak to someone, there's, you know, oh, yeah, my sun cream got confiscated. Uh, You know, I wasn't allowed to bring in my bottle of water, all this stuff. And it just massively diminishes the whole fan experience because, as we've seen, in, especially in the big cities, there is a genuine appetite to go to games. It's not like you ever see, especially in, in, in Mumbai, Delhi, Bangalore, it's not like you ever see empty seats at IPL games. But if it, it feels like a combination of it being in working hours, uh, a lot of games being midweek, and the fact that a lot of tickets are prohibitively expensive means that people just aren't that interested if you want to get a crowd in for a fairly you know a smaller game that doesn't involve india there is still appetite for people to come i think but you need to actually try and get them in you can't release the schedule six weeks before and say can you pay us 40 quid to come and watch this game in a premium seat it just doesn't work like that so i feel like that that, that's been a, a massive issue that said all the all the streaming numbers are really good apparently so maybe it's all fine but I, I feel like that's heavily reliant on on uh, India games. And yeah, to me, it, it, it has felt like um, it, it hasn't necessarily felt like a format that's in, in any real health. Are you only saying that because England's losing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do the Trent Rockets look? Um, I will, um, I, I'm going to... <laughs> I'm going to keep doing what I've been told to do a lot in the in the replies on Twitter and yeah. we'll continue to cry more over the next few Yeah, please. We could all do it. Could we do it together? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tears across the world. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, just back to the teams, Roller. Two questions. Uh, 
the same question about two different teams. Is New Zealand good? <laughs> and is South Africa good? I think they're both good. I think New Zealand are... Uh, they did. I did the classic New Zealand thing. I watched them lose to England in September and I thought these guys are rubbish. So I thought there's no chance they're getting the semifinals. And whenever I did preview podcasts and predictions and stuff like that, I was saying, nah, I don't, don't think the Kiwis will do it this time. So they start 4-0. and Um I, th- I think they'll get to the semis. I don't know whether they'll win it. Um, I, I think they're a pretty good side, though. I think that, that I like what they've done with the balance. I thought they were going to go a lot more conservative and have Santner at seven, but they picked the extra bat, and it seems to be working quite nicely for them. Uh, South Africa, who the fuck knows? Honestly, they it's been a classic South African World Cup where they look a million dollars and also complete pony. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I think both of them are teams that will probably be in the shakeup for the semis. I think that they probably both should make the semis from where they are. I don't think either of them should be India uh, in the semis. I don't think that's you know. I think if if you were doing like a power rankings of the World Cup, I think you'd have India and then daylight. But I suppose that's the the great thing about the fact that we still have semi-finals and not a repechage system and the fact that you know you can have as long a group stage as you want but if you still have knockout cricket random shit happens so who knows maybe it, 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 i'll tell you what that would not be good for the health of the format as a whole if we had a new zealand south africa final at the modi i think there would be about 15 people in there <laughs> okay here's a final thought for you roller let me let me see what uh, let me let me test these waters australia's shit but they'll probably make the final I don't think they're as shit as I think every Australian thinks they are. Um, <laughs> I think they're all right. But, yeah, I think um, that game against Pakistan was clearly pretty helpful for getting them back on course, not least because they won. But I think um, the, in, the I think playing at grounds like the Chinnaswamy is pretty good for Australia. I think you, you got it was a bit of a tough draw, to be fair, for the Aussies start, starting off in, in Chennai and Lucknow, probably not, not pitches that are going to suit them. I think they're okay. I think they're, I, I don't, I think you're basically spot on. I think um, head coming back's a big boost of, you know, Martian Warner in the runs. You can see how it all fits together, can't you? Even though they like England, they're not prioritised the format. Um, like England, they're relying on players who are pretty cooked probably after an Ashes summer still. Um, I, I can see how, I can see how it all comes together for them. Mm. Uh, any interest in touching on some Bearstow quotes from overnight or are you as bored of it as we are? Do <laughs> <laughs> your worst. Nah, I, I, I'm looking at this, like some, some quotes from Bearstow have come out uh, ahead, ahead of a, a book called Basball. Perhaps you know more about it, but uh, it's, you know, it's being presented in the media now as Bearstow continuing the conversation about what happened at Lords, the, the reality being he was interviewed that before the Oval, uh, but that doesn't matter if you're online. It's just a continuation and a, 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 a further reinforcing of the idea that you know everyone else is wrong, um, depending on which side you're on. Yeah, basically. I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> had a terrible World Cup, so maybe he needs maybe he needs to get into the mindset of everyone hates me, the world's against me, and that'll sort him out. And he'll score, he'll rattle off five five uh, hundreds in these five World Cup finals, and then England get to the World Cup semi final. 
Yeah, um, probably. Yeah, there's, there's all these options out there. Like, you know, guys could go well, guys couldn't, teams could win, they might not win. Uh, it's very <laughs> pitch so dependent. Many games so left. many games to go. So Analysis is, is un, yeah. unneeded. Uh, and then, you know, the ICC are going to meet after, their, uh, after the whole <laughs> tournament and discuss the future of it anyway. So, um, Matt Roller, thank you so much, my brother. It's been great to have you on. We'd love to have you on again uh, right there from India. You're in Bangalore. Uh, catch up with Matt's work on ESPN and, and everywhere else. Uh, he's a gun. I really appreciate it, mate. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you very much to the boys there over there in India. Uh, we're about to talk to uh, Kim Garth and Tess Flintoff, but before then, there's a couple of bits of information about Australian domestic cricket. So this is to, via Dan Bredig in The Age and, of course, the SMH, in fact, the uh, the Channel 9 papers. Pat Cummins and Manus Labuskakni have accepted three-year Cricket Australia contracts and two-year deals have been handed to six others as T20 franchises continue to circle around the world's top cricket talents. Dan says the willingness of CA to offer as many as eight multi-year deals to players seen as key performers across numerous formats is a sign of the time. So, Cricket Australia's multi-year deals, three-year deals for Camo and Marnus, two-year contracts to Head, Smith, Cam Green, Stark, Carey, Hazelwood. It's interesting. It's interesting that those players are, uh, are signing up for longer-term deals. Uh, like a, a two-year deal is very rare. Three-year deal is unheard of, um, given the oh. – the, uh, What's happening? World cricket, generally speaking, franchise yeah. cricket's the future. Well, Olympics coming up. I'd say, I'd say, gauntlet thrown down it's to, a gauntlet. The, to to the IPL and Saudi Arabia. I'd say game set match. Yeah, cricket Australia. Check, check mate. Z- just check mate. Check mate. Check mate. IPL. We're, we're gonna come over three years. <laughs> yeah, we got the bin lid for a couple. <laughs> Good luck. You're gonna make a couple mil over twelve months, boys. What do you think about that? And then someone else comes along and goes, "You can make the same in six weeks." How about we test that bad boy out in court? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I do think it's an interesting manoeuvre. It, is it, is it signalling some kind of response, some kind of pushback from, uh, you know, at least the Cricket Australia administration, uh, but, and I know the ECB have done this as well, but, you know, people defending international cricket against just the – um, steamroller wealth yeah, of domestic yeah. franchise T20 cricket. I mean, there are uh, uh, no doubt within those contracts are clauses where you can go and play that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I, you know, I still, I, I'm still, I, I still think there's like more massive dramas to come in yeah. in terms of the kind of money and the manoeuvres that may be made by these franchises to to. Um, trigger a choice, uh, trigger trigger a choice for players, whether it, it moves away from getting permission from your international team and towards getting permission from your domestic team to well, uh, to play. Only six months ago, or a little bit more than that, uh, it was reported that Jofra Archer was about to accept a ten year deal with the Mumbai Indians. Mm. Ten year contract. That's better than three. Mm. <laughs> I mean. I think you're exactly right, mate. But it is interesting. Is this the first move we're seeing for someone, someone in global cricket to actually try and preserve international cricket? Mm. I don't know. Uh, mm. The ACA have been supporting netball. This is via the ABC News. Australia's cricketers have thrown their weight behind the country's netballers amid a bitter pay dispute with Netball Australia, creating an unprecedented financial fund to help support those players. Uh, so it's been reported that the ACA have put approximately 200K into this fund. This is uh, ACA 
That's the Australian Cricketers Association CEO, Todd Greenberg, friend of the show. Much like our female players in 2017, the netballers at the moment are leaning on friends and family for financial support. What is disappointing is that the netballers' requests are modest and affordable for the sport. The ACA believes they should be given the same partnership opportunities as our players, as our players, the same opportunities that have seen cricket thrive. This is Todd talking. The ACA stands with the netballers and will do so until this campaign is successful. Now, Pezza, as we've learnt recently, that if you go work, you go broke. So um, true. this is a massive mistake like for Cummins. all involved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, D- disappointing uh, to see. Uh, isn't, isn't it? <laughs> Why are we giving them a hand? Uh, good, uh, I mean, good solidarity. Very curious as to the strategic driver for it. I, I wouldn't, like, for a second believe that any organisation would uh, do – something like that for like um, pure altruism yeah. um, be kind of, yeah, it'd be jarring if they did. And that would be sad that it would be jarring, but uh, I can only like, I'm yeah. purely speculating that there must be some strategic alignment or, um, you know, news ahead for the, the kinds of um, yeah. scenarios that they're keen to see in terms of guaranteeing pay. You so, think it would be more than just an optic. Um, yeah. Though of course that is sad. State affairs, but um, but that at least Hilly spoke on offside really passionately about this as well. So a lot of people were behind. I I I wonder, I wonder, uh, you know, the, the ACA is a member organisation as well. I do wonder, uh, mm. like, how many of the members or the, the percentage of members who support that or are across it. But mm. I do think Todd Greenberg's earned a lot of um credibility through yeah, his for time sure. there. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, supported. So I'm very curious as to like what it uh, is laddering up to. But, um, I mean, I think well done on supporting. IPL deals for the netballers, I reckon. <laughs> we were very fortunate and privileged to have Kim Garth and Tess Flintoff, a couple of the WBBL stars, indeed of the Melbourne stars, in the studio here this morning. They've got a game tonight, actually. In fact, when you listen to this or watching this, they're probably playing right now. Mm. So why do they do this? I don't know. I guess we should ask them right now. That's not before we... Uh let you know that the interview is brought to you by winning the inner battle. Ah, yeah. By old tug of war himself. Tugger. <laughs> tug of war. Yeah, well, no, tug of war buttons. <laughs> I saw what I speak about this on an yeah, ICC yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. interview, so it's good. Yeah. Uh, he owned it. He owned it. He owned it, which is good. Yeah. It was also what. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just not feeling as beach ready uh, as other people seem to be on the internet to, you know, just about the state of the rig. I mean, you know, whisper it quietly. I think Waters actually is in pretty good rig. I think I think he's been uh, he's like the angle has done him a disservice. The tailoring has yeah. done him a disservice. I think he's in all right shape. I'm I, I'm just I'm just reticent at this stage in late October. I'm not feeling beach ready myself right now. Yeah. So I'm gonna just call my jets a little bit about being like. Are you, are, you is, are you issuing a, um, a call out to the commenters to call their jets? No, on I'm, anything? no I'm not saying anything. Mm. I'm fucking do whatever you want. Yeah. And you know what? Mm, they probably will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying for me, if, if people are looking for me to, you know, have a go, I'm just saying like, I'm not feeling that body confident right now, you know? Please, please. Uh, winning the inner battle is making um, like waves throughout cricket. It continues to make waves throughout cricket. Look at uh, who's, who's on the book itself. He goes, you got Fuff Duplessis, Ricky Ponting, mm. and Binger. Now, talk about first thing I want to say, now there's a circuit. It's like, <laughs> that fucking hell. Now you're getting into like ultimate dinner guest party. You know? Yeah. Obviously, Bradman and Benno's there. Well, we've already gone through we've that. Already, but we, you join yeah. Patreon if you want to know how that dinner party went. 
at a hypothetical dinner party with Richie Benno and Don Bradman, and fuck me, it took off. Um, arguably inappropriately, but it still did. Guys are under lampshades. All sorts of stuff was going on. <laughs> Fuff. Hunter, yeah. Binger. Binger. I call it Binger on a late bush. I know, Watto needs to so be there because Watto's the glue between the – Watto's great uh, – Yeah, he's a conduit. Pals with all these guys. Yes, yes, yes. yes so, and uh, Faf actually says on the book to this day, I still use it before every game. Uh, and we know that that's not uh, that's not dross because there's young players coming through as well who like basically turn to this book. It's becoming the book of choice for pro cricketers. Mm-hmm. Uh, train your skills, train your body. Now it's time to train your mind, Ricky Ponting. And uh, Binger says simple process to be able to use in all aspects of life. You yep. can see through Watto's commentary through the World Cup, which has been exemplary, that he just comes out with these little uh, nuggets every so often that shows like a very high level of awareness of how white ball cricket works. Yep. Not forgetting he's one of the great white ball players in Australian history yep. uh, who got better as his uh, as his game went on. So, you know, with Watto, you're looking at somebody who has actualized all of their talents, both physical and mental, towards the end of his career. And he's basically as a he's basically taken this, he's uh, alchemized it all, he's synchronized it all into one book for anybody who wants to get better at cricket for, at any at any level. So that's winning the battle. We get that at ShaneWatson.au. Here they are. You're coming, Tess. We're joined by two stars of the women's game here in studio. Uh, Irish Australian international, if I can call you that, Kim Garth, record-breaking Tess Flintoff. Uh, both of the Melbourne stars. Uh, first time on the show for both, uh, Kim, Tess. Welcome to the Grade Cricketer. Thank you for having us. This yeah. is great. We love this place already. Um, well, I want to say thanks for starters. Like, um, we're recording on Tuesday morning. The Melbourne Stars are literally playing this afternoon. We've interviewed a lot of people over our time. No one's, no one's actually joined the show on the morning of a game. Um, so yeah. So why are you here? <clears throat> you pestered me for the last two weeks. <laughs> you gave me a day's notice. So I said, look, next Tuesday, we're free. And um, we had an early night on. On Saturday night, mm-hmm. we had an early finish, so we had a bit more, a bit more rest. So with with the game this afternoon, the early, the early finish, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the batting order going to be, and what's the pitch looking like? Um, I believe. <laughs> I believe. You're, you're not, don't answer <laughs> that. Don't answer that. Question. Don't answer that. <laughs> don't. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 well, you, you uh, yeah. I guess let's just jump straight into it. Mm. Um, after having booked you guys for the show. Uh, Melbourne Stars players a week ago, then waking up the other day, learning that you'd been uh, rolled for 29. Yeah. We were both like oh, sensational. Perfect. Uh, so <laughs> it was 24, wasn't it? It's 29. Oh. 29. 29. Yeah, yeah. yeah. look at that. Yeah. Attention to detail. Uh, it could have been a disaster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It could have been a real, um, real disaster. Five less. <laughs> just, re- just reflections on getting rolled for 29, firstly, and then secondly, Tess, uh, you weren't playing, so fantastic oh, feeling. What a Sensational result. feeling for you. Mm. In the sheds as well, just like, yeah. sakes, any yeah. danger? It was great. Yeah, no responsibility. I'm sure the girls weren't too happy, but... Um, I saw you appealing at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a bit far. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting <laughs> game, wasn't it? Yeah. Kimmy, what did you think? Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. You didn't get any? Nah, yeah. didn't make any. Decided to... Run with that leggy, third ball. Yeah, that was the enemy. But yeah, look, it was it was pretty quick. It was we we had a laugh about it after the game. Mm. I, when, there was a couple of blokes in the rooms. Actually, it was pretty funny. I was like packing my kid away and his 
this bat just came flying <laughs> next to my ear. Oh, so you can sure you can guess who that was. And um, yeah, there's a few blow-offs and then we end up just sitting on the bench and, and chuckling quite hard. Who was that? Can you can you say who the blow-up was? Um, it, you don't have to if you don't want to. There but. was two. Do you want to, I feel like you should guess. You don't have to if you want but I need to know who's was, angry. Was Nicole one of them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Yeah. Nicole yeah, and then Reese. Reese wasn't as big, but she was. Really? Yeah. She, yeah. Mm. Anyway, it was, it was, we saw the funny side of it in the yeah. end. What can you do? You can't really dwell on that too much. But here we are playing them again, the Sarvo. So soon, soon. By the time the show airs, will, will we have played them? Yes. Uh, yeah, it'll be around. It'll be, it'll be the game will be on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so make all of your predictions and stuff now. So people are listening. <laughs> yeah. We've well, been rolled for twenty three now. Yeah, we'll make more than twenty twenty nine. Yeah. Okay, You've got a hamstring injury at the moment, don't you, Tess? Yeah, mm. unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Out for a little while longer. Um. Yeah. See how we go. Okay. Don't give too much away. That's coy. Yeah. Feeling so. pretty good though. So. How are you feeling generally about like because you are twenty now? Is that right? That's correct. And you are you're doing like headshots day with Channel Seven. You're in the adverts. You're you are to quote Zoolander. You are so hot right now. You know. I think that movie was made before you were born. But um, <laughs> never ha- heard of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. You should Zoo watch what? it. Yeah. Um, it's in black and white, but uh, you, you, you're past that. So it's a Charlie Chaplin movie. Um, <laughs> indeed. Sorry. Anyway, um, how how are you finding like the uh, the spotlight? Because you obviously you broke the record last year at North Sydney Oval for how many, uh, you scored a fifty in how many balls? 16. 16 rocks. Yes, you do. You yeah, do you remember. do remember. Why are you lying? You're coy. 16 <laughs> balls. You can count to 16. Mm. Just. <laughs> but then since then, you've been in the spotlight. So how are you, how are you finding it? It's pretty, uh, it's pretty zero to 100. Mm. Uh, like here in the studio and stuff with the great cricketer boys and that. Yeah, it must, it must mean a lot to you to be here. <laughs> pretty big step, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dream come true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's okay. I don't know. It doesn't really phase me too much. You kind of forget like about cameras and stuff when you're playing and all that, so it doesn't really bother me. I haven't really done much since the, the 50, so it <laughs> 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 hasn't been that much long. Like, but um, yeah, I remember I remember actually going through the comments after that happened, and never one do of them, that. Oh, yeah, I know. That, yeah. One of them said, "Not bad for a bowler." So that just <laughs> ah, good, <laughs> perfect. Brought yeah. me back down to earth. So yeah, no, it's okay. I don't mind the camera, so not, not that bothered. He took down uh, Shooter and Darcy Brown. His last two overs, that would have felt good. Um, yeah, it was good fun. Kimmy actually ran herself out for me. I was going to ask about Kim. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't actually publicly thanked you for that. Oh, yeah, so sacrifice. But you guys, you guys, you guys, uh, you guys were batting together. Obviously, you've made it's the WBBL a world record fifty off sixteen rocks, and uh, say rocks just kind of sound cool, but they're just balls. And <laughs> um, at North Sydney Oval, there, Kim, you were batting with Tess at the time, last couple of overs. And what what's the chat? Um, do you remember the chat in between overs going into the last over? What, what, what was said? I think I said, I'm coming back for two no matter what. No, I said, I'm coming back for two unless you literally hit it straight to a fielder. And then you hit it straight hit to a fielder. fielder. <laughs> fielder. <laughs> I, so I, I was just jogging two. and then Kim's just sprinting at me. So I thought, get the hell out of her way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, it was really beautiful. And then, I, yeah. So really I wasn't beautiful. actually there for the last over because I ran yeah. myself out. Can we actually hog the strike <laughs> in the second over of the surge? But you got it. You got. Oh, I got eleven off eight. I was actually really pleased with that. Over run a ball. Tick. <laughs> it was actually kind of your day in the end, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. If it was a selfless run out and yeah. eleven yeah. off eight, and probably I reckon none for maybe thirty-three off four. So <laughs> yeah. take that. Yeah. So specific. And a win. Yeah, and a yeah. dub. So yeah. Well, sp- speaking of both of you guys being good, uh, record holder fifty uh, Australian international top wicket taker in the WPL last year, at least for Gujarat, and uh, <laughs> so I-, I just looked at a. 
an article published last week um, by Lachlan McCurdy, friend of the show, um, naming the top 30 WBBL players uh, this year. No, uh, no Tess, no Kim, oh, Kim G. No is mention. that, is that, is that top a th- 30? Top 30. That's a bit awkward. Who was he's, number one? All right. I thought you might, I thought you'd <laughs> never ask. Well, how do we so miss so one, yeah. And I want your reaction to this. Uh, Ash Gardner, one. That's fair. Uh, Hayley Matthews, two. Mm, foreign player. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I disagree with that. Don't you reckon? Like, yeah, she's had an unreal year, but. Number two, overall, WBBL. No, I'm not covering that. Curious about your views uh, on the next player, Nat Siverbrunt. Mm. I'd have her at number two. Yeah. Good player. Can play. Can now, Nat, play. Was, <laughs> Nat, Nat was, um, Nat was uh, due to play for the Stars this season, wasn't she? We get into this, are we? Yeah. Ask Meg. Yeah, ask Meg. Background. Oh, yeah, well, Meg already said uh, her comments, but the, the background being that. So, Nat Siverbrunt, world-class player. Um, globally, that's I guess that's inferred by saying world class. But um, <laughs> I go even further. I think she's one of the best in the world. Yeah, that's right on Earth. And, uh, yeah, around, and that's around on the God's globe. green Not Earth. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, she played for the Melbourne Stars uh, a couple of seasons ago, and then um, that meant that if she was going to go into the draft, like everyone else goes into the draft, Melbourne Stars would have had a retention pick there. I'm sort of pretty nerdy about draft stuff. Uh, <laughs> Like my footy and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so the Rubik's cube. But she actually, closed. Nat, Nat, Nat um, withdrew, made herself unavailable for the draft on the basis of a knee injury, uh, which she promptly recovered from straight after the draft <laughs> and was picked up by the Scorchers. Meg Lanning had a few comments about that. You guys missing Nat from the team? Pretty happy with our list. Yeah. Yeah. Good player. Let's be clear. Uh, Very good player. Good player. Now at the Scorchers. Yeah. How how did the franchise... I why Meg would be aggrieved of that. Mm. Um, It's a great word. Why Meg would be. You you guys are fine with it. Yeah. yeah. But it's sort of Meg's... I wouldn't want to be the subject of Meg Lanning being aggrieved. Mm. Yeah, neither would I. Yeah, there's a real look in the eyes of Meg Lanning, isn't there? there's eyes. Yeah, there's eyes. We actually saw me. We Megan got those eyes this morning. Yeah. Oh, really? Good wife for doing this. <laughs> she was walking a dog and we tooted, we tooted the hell out of it. Yeah. <laughs> scared of her. Really? She said, yeah. make, sure we, make sure you give me a shout out on the show. Yeah. So yeah. Here we are. I think okay. she wants to come on, actually. Yeah. She she's said been she was on. keen. Yeah. Oh, is she? Meg's been on the show. She, she yeah. said she's keen to come on again, actually. He's <laughs> <laughs> okay, stitching her up again. I can yeah. sense yeah. this is what's going on. Yeah. yeah she's keen. Uh, I don't want to go through all the. Tally and McGrath's four. Fair. Happy. Marazan Cap. Oh. I reckon Cappy's BBL goat. She everywhere she goes, yeah. she wins. Okay, she's bats, bowls, fields. How is Elise Perry not in the top five? So, Amelia Kerr is six, and then Elise Perry seven. Who, who wrote this article? Well, uh, Lockie <laughs> McCurdy. He's 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 good. He's good to go. He's probably just also where the hell's Kimmy? <laughs> uh, this this is what I looked at. No, Kim G. Uh, were there notable mentions? 31st. Top thirty. Oh 31st. no! Look, he does say there's a lot of international stars who are missing from this. So probably not even referring to you again. Give me as a naturalised Australian. Beth <laughs> yeah. Mooney, eight. Sophie Devine, nine. Phoebe Lishfield, ten. Oh, Meg Lanning, eleven. What? Sorry. But yeah, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Here we go. Come on. Okay. I reckon this is going on form. If it's going on form, I'm absolutely happy with it. Delighted with it. But if it's going overall Big Bash history. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about it. You're that. in there? Is that what no, you're saying? No, no, no. I'm definitely not putting myself in there. I yeah. just in think the top 30, you are. No. 
No. I'll put you in there. Yeah. Mm. Fine. 29, maybe. Yeah, sorry. Annabelle Sutherland, 12. Oh, Elisa yeah. Healy, 13. Interesting. Darcy, I mean, that's good. I'd actually I'd put it. up there in the top 10, yeah. I reckon, current form. Who's at 25? Curiosity. Yeah, here we go. Let's, let's go. Let, let's go sort of more controversial selection. So 20, Alana King. 21, Jess Jonathan. 22, Megan Schutt. 23, Laura Harris. 24, Tammy Beaumont. When was the last time she played in the Big Bash? <laughs> Tammy Beaumont. Can you – come on, stats guru. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, Tammy uh, was yeah. last – yeah. Oh, she finished uh, last year uh, with 290 runs at <laughs> 41. How'd you hit And what pace did you hit him at, Pez? Yeah, she, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 25, Heather Graham. <laughs> Love 26, her. Amanda Jade Wellington. 27, Heather Knight. 28, Aaron Burns. 29, Alice Capsey. 30, Elise Villani. Oh, I reckon June, all time. June's got to be out there. Mm. If it's, um, do you reckon we could write to, is it Lachlan? Yeah. Can we have a and redraft? We just get some clarification on the criteria that he's going off. Yeah. Like overall, good players, though. Overall form. Absolutely good players. But if we're going overall, as I said, we bash history, I think he's got it all wrong. Good. <laughs> We don't feel strongly about it though. No. I, I can Ra- rankings don't tend to create um, differences of opinion either. No, it's just no. that's just what the rankings are. No. It's also like player ratings at the end of a game. Just yeah. like how could you give someone a six out of ten? They're actually a six and a half. Mm. You know that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, Kim, uh, you would have uh, Elisa Healy's phone number in your phone, I suspect. Uh, yep. Um, There's obviously a couple of days ago. Was it yesterday? Happened. I've lost all track of time. Um, that she fucked her hand up pretty bad basically mm. right there was a there was uh, blood everywhere got in, got in the middle of a dog crime fight. scene it was a crime scene apparently um have you spoken to her at all i sent her a text yeah. straight away i said what the fuck midge are you okay sending love and she said all good thanks kimmy x thank you so i didn't get Do much from her yeah okay journos listen that's that's the uh it's yeah, good effort for her to text back given she had half a hand yeah no I'll, it was the next day but <clears throat> i said she was fine by then yeah no, no, I think she was fine by then. She's not really. I'm a bit sad with my 12 hour response time. Yeah, okay. Ah, uh, um, yeah, okay. It's a bit like when you text Tess, actually, it takes three oh, business days for her to get back. Now that you're not good with your phone. I'd, I'd like to think I'm pretty good, but. Well, apparently you're not. Why yeah. are you brushing Kim? What's going on? Yeah, what's happening? Is there a rift in the star's dressing room? She scares me. Yeah, I get that vibe. We, didn't, we, we only. We, we only. Are such good friends. <laughs> it's actually great. We've become really tight over the, the last little bit. You guys actually wanted to make clear that. Um, there's not as much distance between you as there is on the couch at the moment. Mm. This right. is forced distance. For, yeah. yeah. That's for basically lives with me, don't you? Yeah, production reasons. Kim's, Kim's actually on a Zoom call at the moment. It just looks like she's next to you. <laughs> 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 nice couch. Yeah. yeah. It's a good couch, actually. Uh, well, Tess, you only sort of started following us the other day oh, on Insta. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. What did we do? I thought, Are we sure? Yeah. We was that actively avoiding? Because we're sort of on socials a fair bit. Was, was it just did, hadn't earned the follow until yeah, the call up to this? What's going on? Yeah, this it's is a little uncomfortable, isn't it? No, I love mm-hmm. the great yeah. cricketer. I do. I big Someone fan clip that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big fan of the show. <clears throat> um, yeah. Sorry about that. We're friends now, though, so made up for it. We'll decide. Um, <laughs> Kim, uh, I want to talk to you about your experience for Gujarat at the WPL, obviously the, the inaugural WPL last year. Are you guys holding hands over there? <laughs> Don't you reckon we can if you Not yet. <laughs> We often do. That's Sorry. Beautiful. You guys Sorry. hold hands, we'll hold hands. Sorry to good across you. Actually somehow makes the internet connection stronger here, which is weird. <laughs> um, but I got, a, I got a chip in my brain. Ask the whole so. question, we'll hold hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a camera on. <laughs> <laughs> you can see they're on. <laughs> These are oh, they're hiding I'm now gonna. I'm now going to read uh, a... You're following me, uh, you'd say. <laughs> 
You're tickling your elbows again. Um, can you tell us about your experience playing in India for Gujarat? How was it? Did you have a good time? Poles? Yep. It's good? Yep. A couple of poles. It was nice. Um, yeah, it was really good. It was really cool. Yeah. The whole thing was really cool to be part of and um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was good fun. Actually, like like massive crowds as well, like good energy with the teams, like everyone's excited for it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, especially the first edition. It was really cool just um even like the opening ceremony was just next level crazy like. What was that? I I didn't I didn't see that. Didn't. What was the opening ceremony? Uh it was like they had like this Bollywood rapper. Oh yeah, okay. And then this like Bollywood actress/singer slash and like a million backup dancers and yep. like they actually had to push the game back till something ridiculous like eight thirty, just because to get all their shit together. <laughs> but um, <laughs> nah, it was it was really cool. Like the whole thing was cool. Um, we weren't very good, sadly, so that was a bit of a, a bit of a downer. But um, nah, it was it was really cool to be part of, and yeah, obviously, all the best players in the world just kind of coming together at once, and um, yeah, some really good games in there. So it was cool. Yeah. So you've told us off camera that you've been released from Gujarat. I have. Um, so what's going on with that? Like, are you going to get picked up by someone else? Uh, I mean, I hope so. Um, I'll put myself back in the draft, put myself out there. But I'm, by the looks of the, a lot of the teams, I think a lot of them have, like, kind of kept most – it was only really Gujarat that did a, a big clear out. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. I mean, look, I'm hopeful to get picked up, pick back up again. But if not, then a bit of time at home. Yeah. Well, you <clears throat> – for people who wouldn't know your story listening to this show, Kim, like you've, you've chased the professional cricket dream from Ireland. You debuted for Ireland when you were 14. Your mum and your dad played for Ireland. It's your, your younger brother's Island Day. <laughs> you did Old, do some good Googling before this. Is it, I, I hope you wrote it in and none of this is true. <laughs> uh, no, I know that. Uh, yeah, older brother clubbies. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm he's, good he's actually he's probably the best of a lot of us anyway continue. that's what that's easy to say when you play for australia <laughs> and the wpl but um how, how's that uh how's that journey been you know to to chase professional cricket to ha to leave ireland um presumably which, which is home for you in in your heart uh and to to come out here and to chase it uh yeah it's been crazy it's it's been Crazy few years. Um, I guess I left, kind of made the decision just before COVID. Um, and then, yeah, um, got offered a contract with Victoria and then um, spent three years, had to spend three years not playing for Ireland. And then, yeah, my goal was obviously just to qualify as a, a local player and um, just give me a bit more confidence that I could get picked up in, in the Big Bash and uh, WNCL as well. Um, and then, yeah, kind of just some good domestic performances kind of went from there so um yeah like it wasn't an easy decision i guess leaving ireland and, and leaving home but um yeah it's been it's been a crazy couple of years and it's been good um why like th this is a extremely ignorant question and also please pick us up on any ignorant stuff like hammer us for it um a lot of uh players who leave countries to join another country go to england so you know english <laughs> half the english team uh, at least in the men's, it's usually from another country, huh? Uh, and um, <laughs> yeah, why? Why uh, England's closer to Ireland? Why? Why not there? Why Australia? Um, at the time when I left, the domestic system in England wasn't as good as it is now. And Do you regret that then? No, not at all. Um, also, I'd spent a couple of years playing Greek cricket in Melbourne as well, so I kind of had a bit of a base. Um, and yeah, I just. It's a good lifestyle, so it's a lifestyle, I suppose a lifestyle kind of decision. Well, mainly cricket, but the 
lifestyle. Definitely play. And you, you've made the you've made the Australian team like uh, you permanent fixture in a now cross formats. Like, I mean, you must have really backed yourself as well like with, with the Aussies. The Aussies. It's the greatest team of all time. It's the greatest team of all time. It's the only team giving us safety. Uh, I don't know why the Matildas are getting statues finished fourth. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's with that? Yeah. That <laughs> uh, and you've come over from Ireland. Australians would just be looking down their nose at, at Irish cricket. Let's just be real about it. Yep. Yeah. And you've obviously just backed yourself and gone, oh, I, I, I can make this team. Um, it, it wasn't really my thought process. My thought process was I'll just come over because I didn't really want to work in an office. So I was like, fuck it, I'll just move and – yeah, try and play cricket uh, as a job, and then I kind of went from there. But um, having said that, yeah, it's been pretty cool to once I qualified to get um, to kind of get into the the squad straight away, and um, yeah, played and played a handful of games since then. So it's yeah, it's a pretty cool team to be part of. So you wanted you didn't want to work in an office, so you just play cricket for Australia. <laughs> Kim, nice. the, 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 nice. the arrogance of you to sit here <laughs> yeah. in the you great right in. studio. Mm. Um, just want to ask you, uh, you had like, you were in Europe apparently and then you just got called up to play for Australia in Ireland, in Dublin, is that right? Uh, and then yeah. after that, then you got picked up by the Phoenix to replace Elise Perry in the 100. That's all in the space of like two weeks, isn't it? Yeah, it was wild. So why were you in Europe in the first place? Um, Explain yourself. I was in England for an A2R. Okay. And then we had a bit of time off after that. So Nicole Fulton and myself yeah. went on a little holiday in Europe for a few weeks. Back of your mind is thinking, well, this is oh, well, well, the next cab. I yeah, Kim says, Kim says yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't have a single for So you just happened to be doing, you know, Yacht Week in Croatia yeah. and you're just like, well. I was living my best life in Barcelona and. Dragging your kid around? Dragging, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. She brought a bus around, With the wheels going yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> Quite, there's a lot of steps in Barcelona too. That was yeah. a struggle. It's, it's very dun. clear. Not a thought of cricket in my mind. Get back to England for a few days, just kicking around. Get a call. Hey, what are you doing? Mm, I'm in England. They said, what about you come to Ireland? So I said, okay. Off I fly to Ireland. Pumping around there. Again, I haven't done anything cricket related. I was recovering from a little injury. So just sort of pumping around. Not really doing much. <laughs> Get a message. <laughs> what, does pump, what does hell pumping of a around mean? <laughs> what do you mean you're pumping around Europe? Because <laughs> I, I don't know, like guys, you've been years doing ago. that. It's <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Each to their own. Yeah. Of course. What are you talking like about? Yeah. <laughs> Some Barcelona, Ross Lambert, just pumping show around. Now, obviously. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I hope you weren't pumping around in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> He <laughs> said it twice. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what pumping around means. Uh, <laughs> I'll just kick him back. <laughs> it's too late. Cruising. It's too late. It's out there. You were pumping around. You're on yeah. holidays. Yeah. Pumping you're around. pumping around in yeah. Barcelona. Yeah. You're pumping around in Ireland. Yeah. Um, pumping cover drives. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyways, where were we? Um, Ireland. I actually went to Kimmy's for dinner in Ireland. That was great fun. Met her fam and all that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Beautiful. Um, sorry. How was that? How That's was that? Right. You, you, you got to play for Australia. No, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I was just cruising around, running drinks for, for Kimberly, mm. <laughs> watching her do her thing. Um, and then, yeah, I was just laying in bed one night, got a message. Pumping. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Kim. That's Kim doing that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, want to come play at the Phoenix? At least Perry's gone down. I said, are we sure? Are we sure I'm the right person? And then I said, okay, let me check a few things. 
had to ring back home and be like, am I allowed to play cricket at the moment? Because I haven't been doing much. They said, yeah, go for your life. Off I went. What do you mean? Are you allowed to play cricket? Because I was like coming it's back from a little. It's injury. like a workload thing, like loads, or loads thing, right? <laughs> loads, yeah, 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 loads. yeah, loads. All that. So yeah, my loads, loads right to yeah. play cricket. And there I was. So you're pumping around Europe. You're worried about your loads. <laughs> yeah, it's gone, isn't it? it this is the interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be able to air this? Are you going to? Is that? Yeah, like? please. Oh, we had way worse stuff last week. <laughs> <laughs> Worst things have been said on that couch yeah. recently. Yeah. yeah. What are you guys been up to? <laughs> Oh shit! I wonder. Like, I, I looked at um your cricket Victoria profile, and it says your your nickname is Freddie. Yeah, is that pretty cool? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> a Tess Flintoff, like Andrew Flintoff, right? <laughs> <laughs> like Uncle, Uncle Freddie. Yeah. yeah, Uncle Freddie. He's Michael. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I used to get away with that for a while. Once removed, isn't it? Yeah, once removed. Once removed. Yeah. Cousins. I get all of that with Elise. Yeah. As well. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you can't look alike. Don't you reckon? Yeah. Uncle Pez. Pez. Pezzy. Pezzy. <laughs> Someone clips that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, grade grade cricket was mentioned earlier, Kim. I actually noticed that um, on your Twitter background pic, mm. it's of you draped in a, like a Premier's flag at Junction Oval after mm. having presumably won a premiership with Dandenong. If you hadn't won the premiership, that would be strange. Mm. Um are you aware that once you play for Australia, you don't have to regard grade cricket anymore? You're you're above it. Yeah, you got out. You, 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 you made you it. You actually man. made it out of the prison. Yeah, maybe I should change that. What should I change it to? What do you guys reckon? Gujarat. No, Gujarat's gone. Gujarat days are over. Yeah. What do you guys reckon I should? No, I was I was more like it was more an invitation for you to say no. I actually really like playing grade <laughs> cricket. It's really good. No, but I, if you were telling me what I need to do with my social media, so what are you suggesting? White. Oh well, on them well. picking whites. Mm. Whites, yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. What would it be? I, I, I mean, a Twitter background pic is pretty like. Yeah, I don't. You then have to Twitter only look much. at it through desktop and stuff as well. Mm. You don't even get it. What's the profile pic out of? What is the profile pic? I, I, I genuinely, genuinely can't remember. Oh, wasn't the big I just. Then? With, when you play grade cricket, like your, eye, your eyes are drawn to any grade cricket mm, pick yeah, what yeah, someone's yeah, actually of doing. Of course. To be fair, that was one of my favourite. Like, that was a really, really good day. It was actually a good story behind that. I've got to tell it well now. Um, we were playing <laughs> in WA um, for Victoria the mm, week before, okay. and the grade cricket final was on the Sunday, and there was only one flight back to Melbourne, and it was like the Saturday night at like oh, four yes. o'clock. And we got absolutely pumped on the Thursday. So myself and Nicole were like trying, like our goal was always leaving Perth at four. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to lose hours as well. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, um, we got pumped on the Thursday. So I'm like, God, if we get pumped again on Saturday, I could probably make this great cricket final. And anyway, um, <laughs> what, you, yeah, what so. was the scores? Oh God. We no, ended up getting pumped. We got, we got, we, we, no, we got like 220 and then we got some early <laughs> wickets and then they made the runs pretty quick, yeah. and we literally went straight off the um, straight off the field. Sean Graff, old Victorian general manager, drove us to the airport, weaving in and out of traffic. Anyway, ended up like making the flight. I was going through security in like full kick. Sonny's oh. on. It was so good. Anyway, so then we rocked up to Junction Oval the next day, like pretty tired, um, ready to play our Premier Cricket final. Can we also just note the, the dedication to to great cricket here as well? I'm, yeah, I love playing great cricket. Yeah, um, <laughs> once upon a time. Yeah. And can we, it, it can we please note rain. the thing? I yeah. pissing rain, so we made all this effort. Oh, it's pissing down, of course. We got Classic. Out. Yeah. Anyway, rocked up the next week and they had all their big dogs back because their big dogs didn't bother flying back for the 
the final. Oh, so they so, were also at the ground and they were like, we're yeah. not going. And yeah. you're like, fuck it, I'm going. I'm going And off. it's a washout when who you were, get Who back. were their big dogs? Yeah. They had Anna Lanning. Yeah. And yeah. then they had a couple of girls playing for ACT. That okay. Were, anyway. Okay, it's yeah. not Kim Garth, is it? But anyway, yeah. 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 Let's be real. So anyway. It's not the 31st the next, best player in the BBL. Yeah. No. 31st. It was 29, wasn't it? No. no, you're not in it. No, you're not in it. Sorry. No, at the moment. Um, <laughs> anyway, rocked up the next week and we won. We were like, are you guys going to listen? <laughs> well, let's yeah. see. Let's see. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's a very good story. That's the end of the story. We won. We won. It we shouldn't off, have won, but we won. It was off the back of a hangover too, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, we, it was we, actually. We lost, oh, so then you. We lost the WNCL final. We got absolutely hosed. Mm. Nick had a broken nose. Yes. She got punched in the nose <laughs> accidentally. Right, Nicole Fulton. Yeah. yeah. Played the Premier Cricket Grand Final the next day. We mean she got punched in the nose. nose. Accident. Accident. Okay. Someone was playing some air drums. Nicole's turned her face. He's gone to whack the cymbal. Joker and the Thief. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Banger. Turned yeah. Nicole's nose crooked. Oh, fuck. Oh, wow. Yeah. Blood everywhere. But she rocked up the next day and they won the flag. Yeah, we won the flag. We made like 180 and they were one for 100 and then the tables turned. So that was a genuinely one of my favourite One of my favorite, um 180, days. they're one for 100. How did the tables turn? Uh, Enter Kimberly Garth. Yeah, <sighs> nah. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, I took, it took a couple there. What's uh, this, what's what's no, this no, no, story no, no, no. really about? <laughs> no, Kimberly. She's, tell us Kimberly more. has led us here yeah. very expertly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. no, what? No, I'm going to ask for specific figures and everything. Uh, 50 and 4 for two medals. <laughs> That's okay. 50 and 4. Two, two medals. medals. <laughs> two medals. <laughs> Fucking hell. And they're building the statue right now. If you actually look closely at that picture, I've got like best on grain in my, in my left pocket and then just... Um, my real real <laughs> team player yeah. in the pocket. My... my, my um, What's it called? The Premiership Medallion. Yeah, Premiership yeah. Medallion. Whatever they call it. Yeah, whatever they call it. Yeah. It was just another medal for the trophy room. Yeah. I actually have a cold sore in that picture as well. So it just goes to show. <laughs> it's really unfortunate. Yeah, it is. It's awful. But I just thought it was good. Me and two good mates. Dandy flag. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's really. good pick, actually. Yeah, so that's pretty good. That's mm. pretty good. That's good. That. It's good memes. Kim, um, you're really alpha. Like, and I wouldn't even say low key. Like, you're quite like, um, mm. you have this persona of, I'm just going to like just critique you. But it's actually a compliment. Okay. You have this like genteel, soft persona. Mm. You speak very eloquently, but you're, I can see there's a, there's a fire there. Yeah, you're fucking stuff. alpha. It's fast bowl stuff. Isn't yeah, it? it's fast bowl stuff. Yeah. yeah, I can see the alpha in you. <clears throat> Another alpha in the side that you play with, Grace Harris. She's like, she's overtly alpha, right? We saw the other day where she hit a six with a fucking broken bat. That was crazy. But she's like, she's a really popular figure in Australian cricket. Like, she's so uh, vivacious, generally speaking, like, but like a real connector of people, you know? People, people love Grace Harris, don't they? But she's out. I think, I think, yeah. People love Grace Harris. The spectator loves Grace Harris. Mm. However, I think if you ask, nah, she's an absolute ripper, but she does not shut up on the bench. Mm. Like, honestly. So myself yeah. and herself. I can, see that. I can see that. Yeah, carried a fair few drinks over the last 12 months. Mm. And I, I have, like, she has to take timeouts. But she's really good. She's very self-aware. She'll be like, all right, I'm going over here for five minutes because she does talks and talks and talks. And like, oh, my God, <laughs> have you ever bowled to her? And, she, and she'll like hit you for a bandage. She'll be like, nah, through, through, that's four, that's four. I'm like, can you fuck, shut the fuck up? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Through, save them, save them. I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's I'm good. Gonna, I'm going to kill this bitch. So, she, to be fair. <laughs> 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 she's good. She's good. And she's like box office, right? Like her innings the other day was crazy, but she is yeah. bloody annoying to play against. 
And she'd like, what you see is what you get with her. She doesn't put it on. I reckon like when she's batting as well, like she's obviously talking because she's mic'd up, but mm. I can imagine her just talking through the innings generally. Like totally. you'd, you'd be, be standing at backward point. Yeah. You'd be yeah. like, I can hear her fucking Nancy. chatting. Yeah. yeah. She does yeah. exactly what she does. Do you spray her? Like, do you just want her? Like, just, I mean, you just said here, like uh, away from her, I want to kill this bitch. Yeah. Like, uh, no, like, she's very funny. I know, she's it's, funny. Figure, it's a figure of speech. Yeah. I want to kill this yeah. bitch. But um, yeah. Yeah. do you ever just want to spray it? Like, just go like, can you shut the fuck up? Like, just nah, because I think it would just like, if you interact with her, then she'd just love go more. Yeah, she and she bloody had to clean ball, as we saw the other She's day. a great ball. cricketer. She's good, good striker of a cricket ball. So I've got a question generally about like rivalries in the WBBL because it strikes me that you're all, you're all such good mates, really. You don't really dislike that many people, apart from you two who obviously hate each other. But, mm. um, but like, you know, these rivalries, you know, like the, the Sydney smash between the two Sydney sides, you know, the um, Stars and the Renegades, you know, that sort of confected rivalry. But like, I see the two teams just like chatting all the time. You get along so well. So the rivalries don't, don't really exist, do they? Because you're all mates. Who do you hate? Yeah. And who's the worst in the comp? Who are the top 30 people you hate in the WBBL? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like the Melbourne derby isn't as big as it should be because nah. of the Victorian friendliness. Yeah. We are Victorian. Like, as a team, Victorian, the Victorians are very close. But we also yeah. have most of the Victorians on like – play for stars. stars there's only like a couple on the play yeah. for renegades but like yeah. obviously on the day we're like we want to beat these bitches yeah but then yeah of course um the we would chat? also be quite yeah. friendly with them yeah. after the game yeah such during the game such before the game i think so yes to your point i think you're right i think okay. we love beating the heat the heat yeah why i don't think anyone likes the heat because of grace because of grace harris no no queenslanders no. queenslanders oh yeah Landers. and like i'm not saying they're not nice people <laughs> yeah I keep just going, like together, yeah. really nice people separately, but yeah. together you just like I just want to, I just really want to beat them. And oh, it's like Americans, really you know, like one on one, yanks. perfect. But you get more than two, and it's like what's what's this? Yeah, like that. Mm. The Yanks. Well, there goes the American tour. We had planned pairs. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> mm. um, a bit of chat at the moment about the length of the WBBL. I don't have a. I think it's is it 67 games? The, the 59. Length? 59. Thank you. Wow. Okay, yeah, Pezza. Well, um, the AFP will be coming soon. Um, so the the World Cup. The World Cup is there's in the the men's World Cup at the moment is 47 games, and that started like three years ago, and it's got a month left. So 59 games for the WBBL. People have been saying, fuck, it's a lot of games. A lot of games, guys. What do you guys, how do you guys feel about it as players? Is it, is it too long? Would you like it a bit shorter? I think the general consensus among most people is 10 games. Would be, as in, at the moment, it's 14. <laughs> 10 games each. 14, <laughs> yeah. 13. Yeah. That's, and I think 10 would be optimal. Okay. And But we can understand why domestic players don't want it to go down because that leaves, obviously, four less games. So if they can find... Are you putting yourself in, in the international category now? No, I'm a domestic player. I'm <laughs> Very She kind of spoke down on that. Well, well, I'm speaking on behalf of dog. the domestic players. Yes. We would like... <laughs> what number would you bat for Australia? Four games. <laughs> six. To I'll be elsewhere. Six. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yep. Who would, you, who would you replace on the Aussie side? Nobody. Who's, who's targets on the back? Not happening. Well, when I was like with, with Midge and the severed artery or whatever and, you know... Elisa's been going around for a while and, yeah. and, and Meg's been going around for a while. So like time, it, for, it, time, time yeah. for someone else to get a fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's Thoughts? Get, let's get some young blood in there, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck with Kate, maybe, but nah. Yeah. Tess has watched this space. Mm. Genuine. Okay. She's going to be... Well, uh, the space uh, I watched was, um, or maybe you ta- told us about it, speaking of great cricket on your uh, mm, side, Tess, no. is uh, um, you're Ringwood, right? Do you love know where Ringwood is? Do you know where Jubilee Park is? I love Ringwood. We're playing there on the 8th of November. 
Okay. For a day. For stars. 3 p.m. For the stars. stars yeah. Oh, I see. Stars got sixes. Yep. My home ground. Okay. That's nice. For and entry. your, your um, oh, sorry, can you first tell us about your love for Ringwood? A lot of people would be curious about that. Oh, yeah. incredible place. Yep. We've just, um, we've actually got a new facility there. We've got indoor nets. We've got That's a new awesome. pavilion. That's impressive. It is a beautiful ground. Named after you? Um, could be on the cards. She's good, she's <laughs> not kidding. No, you've, not. you got your face plastered up. Yeah, my yeah. Kind of, she's kind of like the um, Serve Molyneux of, of Dundee, I reckon. Yeah. She's got a lot of, you, she's a big face when you go through the gates. That's a bit like Tessa Ringwood. Well, your your yeah. brother plays there, right? He does play there. Yeah. The Pardon? In the twos. In the twos. Yep. He has played a game of ones, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, he has. Uh, yeah. How yeah. And how did how did the uh, I, I believe at Ringwood they they present um, debutante first graders. That's with right. A, with a cap. That's who right. Presented, yeah. Who presented uh, him with his cap? I really thought this was going to be a good idea. I presented his cap. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And I'm the alpha. Yeah. That is alpha. It's that nice. is. Oh, so I can see why he's older than you. He's yeah. he's twenty. So he got his first five. grade cap from uh, his youngest. Six or seven years older than me. Yep, six seven years old. He got his yeah. first grade cap from his younger sister. Yeah. Firstly, <laughs> yep. gorgeous and beautiful at the normal everyday human level. And yeah. now let's so let's acknowledge let's that. Acknowledge that. That's a beautiful thing. Let's get that Parents out of the way. Very proud. Yep. Yeah, uh, a wonderful I see moment. That's beautiful. Families involved. Right. I got kids. Community. I couldn't think of anything better. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Done. <laughs> yeah. But he's got his. <laughs> it's his highest attainment in yeah. cricket. Yeah. And then his younger sister goes, well done, champion. Yeah, well done, champion. <laughs> <Here's> <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. What did you actually say? Good you, on your oh, Yeah, yeah, good. Did you give a speech? I swore on it. It actually it actually did the rounds. I think my cricket posted a snippet of it. Really? Yeah. Okay. My mom told me off for swearing. Oh, um, what did you say? You can, you can say it here. I said, I said something along the lines of nothing you haven't faced in the backyard. <laughs> Had a little dig. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I finished it off with, for fuck's sake, play straight. Because he tends to just go a, it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he fall, does he fall does he over? Fall over a bit? Left-hander. Fall. Just okay, he's a left-hander. He's, he's yeah. looking also, to work. Yeah. 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 And I think he popped a little bit of stick out there. Um, again, I still think I still <laughs> That's think perfect. it was such a good idea. But I, I still think it's a good idea. Yeah. Well played. It's been and gone, hasn't it? Mm. Anyways. Do you fuck around with grey cricket anymore? or? I do. I love the Rams. I play there whenever I can. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Can you ask yeah. when, when was the last time you played for the Rams? Yeah. When was the last time you played for the Rams, Tess Flintoff? I think it was round one last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And we won both games. Get any? Both T20s. Uh, got a few. We actually played against Kimberley. Yeah, those. we did. You got, no, you barbecued someone, didn't you? Yeah, I did. But that we was, won the game. That was pretty funny. Yeah. You were there at the end. We, we went on to win the T20 final at Junction. So you Okay. We? Um, loads. Loads. <laughs> so yeah. couldn't loads. Play. Pump it around. Well, loads. you were pumping yeah. around Europe at the time, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Which can happen. <laughs> yep. In yeah. the US. There'd, there'd be a lot. Of, I, I want to ask this question. Um, there'd be a lot of people listening to this podcast who don't engage with women's cricket, rightly or wrongly, probably wrongly. Um, and I want to ask, like, what are some of the worst, apart from questions we've asked, but like some of the worst questions you've got from like uninformed dinosaur-esque men about women's cricket or worse things said. I'm thinking things like, you know, who's your favourite men's player? Uh, mm. I, I, from an educational perspective is really what I'm asking. Like, what's the, what's some of the stuff you're like, that's grim, please don't, you know, do the girls that. Would, nah, I can't. And who that. is your favourite men's player? <laughs> favourite men's player? <laughs> <laughs> don't answer that. Peter Siddle. It's, yeah. it's so random. Sam Perry's my favourite men's player. Yeah. 
Pez. Uncle Pez. Yeah. Uncle, yeah. Uncle, Uncle yeah. Michael Pez. Yeah. And, and Nice Elise is probably my favourite player. Pezzy. Pezzy. Yeah. The Elise player. Can you say what you're going to say? Nah. Actually. <laughs> okay, I'll say. You get like, do women wear boxes a bit? Oh, okay. <laughs> you said boxes, and I was actually thinking about like the uh, the, the silk under pant, you know? Uh, yeah, like yeah. A, a, a women's box. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. that a bit. All oh, right. And then, does it hurt if you get hit in the tit? <laughs> does it hurt? Yeah. You get that question from people. <laughs> I've never got that question. You can ask the frack, maybe you. I reckon you said that's your brother giving you his first break cap. Don't know that. Definitely don't know that. Really? Yeah. No. You do a massive rack. Most of the questions know. are pretty good though, or like uh No, you do get some like just ignorant yeah. ignorant sort of comments. Do you? Um, do I feel like a lot of people ask about like Red Bull cricket and stuff, just assuming that we play. I mean, yeah. you do. As an Australian player. But like it's more so just like they got no idea what's going on, like what comps and stuff are on, and yep. yeah, yeah, or like oh yeah, we we have to do like sometimes you know when you have to do those like function things, and you're like oh you get like oh do you is this do you guys get paid like you yeah, get that yeah, 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 it's yeah. like yeah yeah we do get yeah, paid yeah. yeah oh so this is your job yeah yeah, yeah. What, what do you do outside of Crete like what yeah. do you do for work no like we're pretty lucky this, yeah this, mm. this is our yeah work. that's probably the main one actually to be, to be fair. fair we get the same question what else do you guys do outside of this yeah. <laughs> is this your full time job. Yeah, we got a lot of that. <laughs> Mainly for my dad, to be really? fair. Yeah. He says the same thing. What's your dad's name? Greg. Um, Greg. <laughs> don't you say a fucking word about my dad. <laughs> Long time listener. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this. Um, yeah, because like with the international calendar, because obviously the um, the national team just played against the West Indies in six games, right? The ODIs and then uh, three T20s or other way around. And then there's the, the South Africa series doesn't start until like the end of January. But obviously there's a WBB on the medal, which goes for like three months, but it's kind of, uh, it's like it is still intertwined in like the, the what's happening with the men's cricket as well, isn't it? So it's probably hard to schedule these things, but I just, I sort of get why people don't know what's going on because it's probably too much cricket, generally speaking. Can you tell us what you're doing over Christmas? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cricket on. Um, we have a trip to India over Christmas. Yes. Which, yep, um, yeah, it's, it's happening. Um, there's a test match, isn't there? Yeah, there's a day-night test match, which should be really cool. Whereabouts is that? Uh, I believe Mumbai. Okay. Don't think it's been finalised, but I think that's the word on the street. Well, that'd be unbelievable. Day-night test match, yeah. Mumbai. Yeah. Can, yeah, can we talk about Kimmy with a pink ball? Yeah. Does that not excite you? Yeah, absolutely. You've never time. seen me bowl. Holy moly. Never seen you bowl? <laughs> I was at the game the other day. Oh, yeah, so, we waved. Hey, Bez. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Pez, <laughs> you were leaving during the innings break. <laughs> <laughs> my my boys were so tired. Seriously, oh, <laughs> tired. Were yeah. They? Oh yeah, that old. Always blaming on the kids, you know. <laughs> Too much fucking yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Litchfield's out. I've seen enough. No. What sort of decks do you think the BCCI are going to prepare oh, to no. make it difficult? Because last time we were there, although. I actually, yeah, all T20s. I've only ever played T20s in India, but they have all been incredibly flat with like 55 meter boundaries, like bowler's nightmare. But um, test match, I've got absolutely no idea. But yeah, the, sk- the schedule is pretty, it's hectic. So I can see why people would get confused with um, like what's going on and that kind of mm. stuff. Because we've got big bash into India, into South Africa at home, into Bangladesh yeah. away, into IPL or something like that. So, yeah, but it's, it's very exciting for women's cricket. It's, uh, I know the um, the Big Bash has just started, long season to go, but who's who's the team to beat? Would you say it's the Adelaide Strikers, seeing as they fucking rolled you for 29? 
Nah, don't rate him. Don't. Don't rate him. <laughs> oh, I love that. We well, didn't play. Didn't get you, did they, Tess? Mm. Didn't, didn't get you? I for 86 yesterday. Mm. Um, Who's a team to beat? Is it the Stars? I genuinely think it's hard to <clears throat> tell this year. Mm. The draft has, genu- has made it very, very even. I think the Heat, as much as we okay. like beating them, they are a hard They're team good. to beat. Yeah. Yep. I suppose the Sixers now as well without Elisa. Yeah, we've already beaten them. You did. Well, that's, that's, what, I was, I was, that's what I want to uh, finish <laughs> you didn't with. Play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first game, first game of the uh, of the year against the Sixers. Last ball, four to win. Uh, Alice Capsi to Lindsay Smith. Um, bowls one of the greatest wides you've ever seen. Not given mm. that. Did, did that just make victory ever <sighs> so sweeter? Mm. Uh, yes. I'm going to say yes. Mm. All admitted in the sheds, obviously, all that that was just one of yeah. the greatest wides of all time. Wide. Did the yeah. umpire join you in the sheds yeah. after? Uh, I support the Sixers, by the way. Yeah, we won't tell them about that, will we? Yeah. <laughs> Keep that on the down, yeah. yeah. Nah, was I was nice. actually spewing because I bowled the wide probably like three ball, three overs before and it wasn't a wide. So I'm like, well, if that's not a wide, why was my <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was like that shitty even. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that was, that was a great win. We probably shouldn't have won that game. Um, but we ended up pulling them out of nowhere. Slash, they kind of threw it away. So we'll take it. So one and one, big game, Sarva. So hopefully, once this once this airs, you guys can debrief a win and a few nice away swingers, maybe. Okay. Pulls up up front. Yep, pulls up front. How do you guys feel about this interview? Just while we're on air, how, how do you feel? It's really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, don't you reckon? Fun. Yeah, it was I think it's the couch has made it really relaxed. Yeah, it's it's been good. I love this couch. What do you think about the studio generally? <laughs> Not a bad little setup. Uh, I thought it was going to be bigger, to be honest. Really? Like, I where we were just walking down the street and then, boom, <laughs> these two muppets in the window. Oh, we're here. Huh. Hey, guys. Yeah. I thought I was There's also two blokes who are, like, researching you guys as well. Yeah, like, Google oh, oh. open, test flint off. So, actually, you maybe you guys are those ignorant people that ask really silly questions about women's cricket. If you're good Do you think we hit it well if we... Yeah. No, I think you've been, been pretty good. I actually didn't realise you guys were coming in today. I was just looking up stats. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> nah, it's good. Studio's no, good. good. Yeah, love it here. Yeah, good interview. Can't wait to put a little stars, something, something or other up. Yeah, can get. Well, some, you can anytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where we are now. Yeah, we do. Yeah, <laughs> conveniently. Mm. Yeah. Now we'll be back if you'll have us. There. Depends. Oh. <laughs> so we just want to keep this awkwardness yeah. going for this. Zero, zero, no, no one's saying anything to yeah, sign no, it off. Yeah, let's have ten seconds of silence yeah. now. Okay, I can do this. Three, two, one, go. Pumping around Europe. <laughs> Couldn't do it. <laughs> Tess Lintoff, Kim Garth, thanks oh, so much. 10 seconds. Oh, right. Alpha. <laughs> Fucking alpha. <laughs> Just over the top. Wait, yeah. do you want to tell them the alpha theory about the happy birthday? Nah, we'll keep that for another time. What is it? We've got a theory. Two, two hip hips. Yep. So you know when you say happy birthday, happy birthday, yeah. whoever says hip hip is the alpha. Yep. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. If you ever want to test two. the alpha. And always give it two. Yeah. Really? Then everyone that is <laughs> very, yeah, like, see, that would tick me off yeah. for the rhythm of the song. Because the birth, the, the song only resolves once the third hip hip is yeah. um, is announced, you know, is, is roared. Exactly. So if you, just so you like to be the alpha. Firstly, you do it, and second, you only offer two. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Use that one. That'll, that'll You're going to play 500 games for Australia. Yeah, that's that's the sort of yeah. stuff the audience yeah. want to hear. Nice, oh, thanks. Who, who, did you do that to your older brother? <laughs> <laughs> Made the team sing happy birthday. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Well, there's a, there's, a, there's a lesson. Just two hip hips. Two hip hips. That's really good. <laughs> and be the hip hipper. Yeah, always be the hip hipper.
Because then someone else would have been have felt alphaed by them not saying the hip hip, yeah. and then the third one's left out, and then they'll sort of like someone might awkwardly go like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh, and it just dissolves. It's good. It's so a ruined birthday song. Yeah, nothing better. <laughs> and it brings the attention back to you as well. Yeah, and it brings <laughs> the attention back to you. <laughs> yeah, that's six hundred games. Six hundred games. Fucking, <laughs> I'm excited. Tess Flintoff, Kim Garth, thanks so much. Thanks for having us, Thank guys. You very that much, was good guys. fun. Thank you very much to Kim and Tess for their time this morning before they go and play a game against a team that bowled them out for 29 a few days ago. Um, hashtag AskTDC. Pezza is brought to you by Ponting Wines. You can use the code GETAFEW, get a few, all one word, all capitals if that's your preference, for 20% off at pontingwines.com.au. I was just looking through the selection as is my want at this time of the week. Pezza. Ponting Milestone 257 Tasmania Pinot Noir. Do you remember uh, last Friday? Hell of a week last Friday. Mm. Uh, well, hell of, a, hell of a week for TJC, just generally speaking, uh, last week. Uh, so we... Um we, uh, we we knocked we knocked the top off a couple of ponting wines, didn't we? Uh, in the studio, sat in the sun, bathed in the sunshine, indeed, just to reflect on the week that was. Had a ponting wine milestone two five seven Tasmania Pinot Noir. I'm looking at uh, Ricky's pont- uh, Ricky Ponting's comments here about the two five seven. So the entire wine range for ponting wines you can find at pontingwines.com.au. Reflect on some point in Ponting's career. So the milestone two five seven uh, refers to. Uh, the milestone innings of 257 versus India at the MCG 2003 Boxing Day. Here are Ricky Ponting's quotes. India were the toughest of competitors. This made, this made scoring my highest test score of 257 and back-to-back double centuries in consecutive tests a truly cherished milestone of my career. Bravo, Ricky Ponting. Bravo. That is absolutely sensational. Ben Riggs, who makes the wines for Ponting Wines, says the 257 is made in a style to reflect the best of Tasmania. Ricky and I selected a single site in Meadowbank to create a milestone-worthy Pinot Noir. Pezza, when we were sitting in the office there, bathing, basking in the sunlight of Melbourne's one and only sunlight for a couple of Melbourne at 21 degrees. Fantastic. I mean, we're still wearing jumpers and the heater was on. Yeah, absolutely. But it was nice to get some uh, vitamin D. On the old uh, epidermis there, uh, but the, it was it was glorious, wasn't it? Having a little ponty it was, wine. It's a genuinely good drop. Use Genu- the code get a few for twenty percent off at pontingwines.com.au. We keep talking about it every week. People are saying, "Is it actually? It actually bloody is. It's good." Pontingwines.com.au. Hashtag ask you see here goes. Please to finish things off. This is from Anon. But I play wheelie bin park shit. And so I'm firmly in the bleak realm of not only having no tees provided, but also having to umpire our own games. Yuck. Mm. To be perfectly honest, I don't mind it. It gives me a chance to feel even remotely involved in the game when I inevitably get bowled early doors and would otherwise just be sitting around on the boundary having to listen to my teammates whine about how unlucky they were to get out, despite clearly just having woefully inadequate skills, technique, mentality and fitness. To squeeze some worthiness and satisfaction from my Saturday, I particularly enjoy taking on the role of pious prick when umpiring, suddenly rising from being just one of the players to being the self-appointed lord of the game, immediately adopting a posher accent, despite being firmly counselled estate working class to say unnecessarily formal things middle that is the action is right arm over two balls to come play <coughs> i was thinking about doing that in the posh accent i don't think i can 
all while cradling the bowler's jumper draped over my arm with my hands clasped together in front of me. Yes, like an old man staring at a museum exhibit. <laughs> I particularly take issue when a bowler doesn't say please or thank you and simply hands me their shitty hat to hold. Like some old schoolmaster, I demand a please or thank you. Where has this even come from? I hate myself. That's probably not just limited to my umpire self, to be honest. Anyway, on this occasion, we are unbelievably chasing a total of 90-odd to win. I'm in at three, and true to form, I'm swiftly bowled cheaply. I go out to umpire, summoning my inner prick as I collect my six stones. We're stumbling. A few more go down. We cannot suffer the indignity of not winning this game when chasing 90. Our middle-order stick is shuffling the score along, but is trapped on the crease. Reed swipes and misses a slow, straight one. I do the only thing I can at this level. Following the time-honoured code, I'm umpiring my own side. LBWs are not a thing. I have to shake my head in spite of their multiple zealous appeals just metres from my face and the fact that delivery was very obviously going on to hit halfway up middle. Next over, the same thing happens. I look into the faces of the eager appealers, my inner monologue sighing. Sorry, boys, we can't lose this. I shake my head again, eyes closed, chin slightly protruding. God, I hate myself again. The middle order stick in question eventually limps to 30-odd not out and gets the winning runs. As we regather on the boundary, he is milking it beyond belief. He's acting like he's Ben Stokes at Headingley 2019, talking us through the innings and how he kept his head while all around them lost theirs, his bravery, his recharacterising streaky edges as delicate late cuts, all while sipping a cold one that appears to have manifested from someone's kit bag. I sat quietly listening, fiddling with my stones and packing away my barely used kit. He was apparently oblivious to the fact he'd obviously been out twice. I opted not to join the boys back at the club to hear more about this, his momentous knock. My question is this. Did I do the right thing by staying quiet to allow this cuck to enjoy his fantasy <laughs> moment in the sun in the hope that someday someone would do the same for me? Or should I have pissed all over his chips by letting him know he's actually dog shit and was out twice? And that it wasn't for and if it wasn't for my grubby lack of any fair play or sportsmanship, he would have been heading back to the boundary for eight. Secondarily, why does my um, why does umpiring immediately make me a prick? And finally, and obviously, why can't it be me <laughs> hitting the winning <laughs> runs? It's an interesting question, Pezza, about uh, what kind of umpire do you want? Do you want an umpire that thinks that the entire thing is set up for him? Mm. Is the whole weekend set up for his involvement in the sport? Yes. Or is someone so removed from the actual uh, participation of what's happening before their eyes that you might as well have um, a fucking uh, piece of shit in a sock standing there? You know, which umpire do you want? (laughs) You know, someone who gives nothing or someone who gets themselves into the narrative of your weekend? Which one do you want? I'm prepared to leave that as the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us on this show. Everyone's been in the studio. Everyone's been on Zoom. Thank you so much for sticking with us. It's been a long one, but we hope you've enjoyed it. See you on the internet real soon. Cheers.